New to Medicare? Start now. Go to MyHealthPolicy.com to learn about some of the top-rated Medicare Advantage plans in your area, including plans for $0 a month in plan premiums, low out-of-pocket costs, and expansive provider networks. If you're thinking about a Medicare Advantage plan, MyHealthPolicy.com is a great place to go to find a plan that meets your needs. Learn more about your options. Even talk with a licensed insurance agent. MyHealthPolicy.com What's up, everybody? June 17th, 2020. I am back. You believe this is already like episode 38 of Wednesday Night Dynamite? It's amazing how fast time flies when you're having fun. But I am here, as always, and I want to thank you all for tuning in. Special shout out to everybody who is joining me live. And, uh, you know, I think we got a pretty decent show today. Um, I will tell you right off the bat, NXT just went off the air. AEW just went off the air. And um, I'll tell you, man, uh, I actually predicted this right the first two times it happened. I'm going to do it again tonight. I'm going to do it right now. I think NXT beats AEW in the ratings this week. No disrespect to some of the wrestlers up and coming on AEW's roster, but as I've said before, AEW, I think, overvalues as far as fan audience goes the value of Kip Sabian right now, the value of uh, Trent and Chuck right now. Not bad wrestlers, to be, but to be honest with you, are they a ratings draw? Diehard AEWs absolutely like them, no questions asked. Orange Cassidy, you need fans there. You need that pop. The minute he starts beating up Jericho, you got to hear that roar of the crowd. When you hear that same monotonous tone, it honestly brings it down a little bit. And look, with the storylines that are going on, with the matches that are going on, and you know, I got to change my glasses because I forgot to clean the ones that I have on. A, little, a couple of fingerprints, too many. Um, now, don't get me wrong. Somebody made their AEW debut tonight. Somebody that I said about a month ago, I'd love to see him come into AEW. I'd love for him to challenge Cody one week for the TNT Championship, especially to give the aura that outsiders could come in and fight. And we got Ricky Starks making his debut tonight. Great fucking match. Nice to see Ricky Starks in AEW. Um, I think he will do quite well. Some people are asking me immediately, do I think he's going to be a baby face from the beginning? Or he'll just because you shake hands after the match tonight doesn't necessarily mean clear-cut baby face, clear-cut heel. But I can tell you, Lance Archer already drooling at the bit, uh, wanting to kick his ass. You know, they've worked shows together in the past. 17, 18, as far as matches that I remember. Not 
facing you. I don't think they've ever faced each other, but they have worked cards together. Um, yeah, no, this is Beavis and Butthead dressed up as Hawk and Animal. And to be honest with you, I'm pissed off. This is probably the last time you'll see me wearing this shirt for a little while. Because when I put it on right before we went live, I noticed that my fucking fiance, I love her to death. But she doesn't understand, you know, when you wash things with bleach and then you wash regular things after, you got to be fucking careful with the bottle of bleach. I noticed there's like two little tiny bleach stains over here that I know I didn't do. Pissed off, man. One of my favorite short shirts, Beavis and Butthead is hawking animal. But um, yeah, I'm going to just get another one. I'll get another one. But, uh, you know, look, I got to be honest with you. NXT and AEW tonight, even though they had a lot of their main stars on the card, this didn't feel like one of the more solid Wednesday nights. They were easy shows to watch. But as far as like real in-depth swerves and storylines, this, you know, AEW Road to Fighter Fest. Uh, NXT really pushing that July 8th day. And, you know, we got a, a couple of matches next week. But I honestly think, um, oh, you know what? Mitch says that there's a special Sharpie that I could use. You know what? If I could put the Sharpie on here and uh, you can't notice that mark over there, then I'll keep it. I'll, I'll, or maybe I'll just wear it around the house. But thank you, Mitch. I hope you're feeling better, by the way. You know, he, I think he had a little bit of a COVID scare. No bullshit. Went to the doctor today. So big shout out, my friend. And again, shout out to everybody tuning in live. Sorry if this sounds like a broken record, but, you know, as many veteran YouTube podcasters keep instilling to me, keep pushing me, you got to get your, you know, your friends and fans and followers. I don't consider you all fans. I consider the Donzo Army. I know it sounds a little goofy, but one big, big family here. So if you're enjoying the show, hit the like button because it shows up as recommendations for other people out there that probably don't even know these shows exist. You know, 2020 has been pretty awesome as far as going YouTube goes. Never in a million years that I think we'd be almost hitting 13,000 subscribers. And I started this January 20th. So we're about five months in. You know, so Lord knows what 2020 is going to end up looking like with this channel. And once we get major sports back, you'll see some additional podcasts being launched that will be for baseball and other things. You know, if the demand is out there, maybe it'll be one small one that has to do with politics and the election. There's going to be so much, you know, diversity on this channel. And who knows what happens in 2121. I have some ideas in my mind as far as, you know, things that I can actually branch out doing, a couple of people that are willing to do stuff as well. I think some hardcore friends of, uh, you know, some of our established shows may not be too thrilled at it, but hey, you know, I'm here for all of you and you're here for me. And that's all that matters. Everybody else, that's what I have to say, to be honest with you. And, uh, oh, we kick it right off the bat. And you know what? You know, I, I, I don't mention this enough, and a lot of people tell me you should actually mention it. You know, those two things behind me, these metric things, you know, I have them set up right now to show how many subscribers. They show that I'm live, but it also shows any Super Chats that come in. And, you know, as the weeks go by, I'll develop this more. 
We'll have more interaction. We'll have more things pop up. But uh, let's see. Um, Sean Waters. Uh, I don't know who you're talking about as far as who who left WWE. Was there, maybe that's one from actually that. You know what? That might have been from uh, from uh, Monday. But yeah, I think that's from Monday. I don't know why uh, his super chat is not popping up, but I'm sure we'll get it. Oh, here here it is to catch to catch a fraud, to catch a fraud. I got. I have to just load this over here. So just bear with me for a second, everyone. Not easy to go live literally minutes, like two, three minutes after. Why is this not updating? I don't know why it's not updating, but I, you know what? I'll mention it in the meantime, and I know it pops up in the back too. You know, what school did you go to? To catch a wrestling fraud? Who that? Who this? Watch Lucha Underground? Yes, you know what? Very good point, my friend. And I know it's only one appearance. You know, I got a kick out of people who watched NXT religiously on television. And then when Lars made his main roster debut, and I call it main roster, that, that's just the way I look at it. But um, when he made his main roster debut, all these people that claimed to watch NXT on a regular basis had no idea about his moveset, had no idea about anything at all with him. Then you got Lucha Underground. Lucha Underground. Hey, you know, King Cuerno, come on, man. He was on the fucking posters. Big deal in Lucha Underground. He shows up in NXT, and people are like, who is this guy? I mean, and people would say, oh, he's from Lucha Underground. Oh, really? I didn't How the fuck do you not know that that's King Cuerno, or you don't know what he is? And tonight we got it again. All those goofs out there, especially in podcasting land, that says they watch AEW Dark week in and week out and week in and week out. And yet, you know, it's, it's, it's one thing. If you have a girl that wrestles on AEW Dark, maybe like Anna Jay, all right? She's a cute chick. She wears the hat. She wears the outfit, you know. But, you know, pretty much of a plain look. You might not remember her all that much. But if someone like this debuts on AEW Dark and faces fucking Hikaru Shida, the number one woman in AEW, you mean to tell me you don't remember that shit? You mean to tell me that that just goes over your head and you don't think about it all? Yeah, look at that closely, all right? She showed up on AEW Dark, and you mean to tell me that that's not enough to get conversation going? So what happens? You have Abaddon. I am Don, and she is Abaddon. You can't spell Abaddon without D-O-N. But um, Abaddon makes her dynamite debut tonight. And immediately, immediately, I'm thinking of exactly what that super chat said. I went on social media. I looked on Twitter. I typed in Abaddon. I clicked the main search. I can't look on my wall because I have about 90% of my followers blocked which is good because I avoid drama, thank God. Um, too old for that. But I did a general search, and I seek out podcasters, websites, and I see all these people like, holy shit, look at this fucking look. That's crazy. She's fucking, uh, this, is, this is awesome. I'm like, wait a minute. You mean to tell me you fucking, you know, that's like, you, know, you, you walk into a fucking into a restaurant 
and you see somebody out there that just looks like they got beat up by like a hundred protests, a hundred rioters, can't, not protests, rioters, or maybe he got beat up by 10 cops, or maybe he got run over by a car. You walk into the diner and the person's like this, all bloodied and everything, and it doesn't phase you. But then when you go to the same restaurant for a big party and the same person's like this, and you're like, holy shit, come on, man. How the fuck do these people claim this stuff? It happens every time somebody makes a momentous debut. But we now have Avedon officially with AEW. If you're not familiar with Avedon all that much, look up Rocky Mountain Pro wrestling i believe that's the fed that she is most known from but uh i tell you a pretty unique look you know i mean um i don't think the teeth are really like that i think there's got to be a mouthpiece because i'm curious for the donzilla army tuning in live right now do you ever see what she looks like without makeup do you ever see what she looks like without makeup I, I know a lot of people out there were like, oh my God, I wonder what she looks like without makeup. Why don't you just look? So for everybody out there, yeah, Carmelo, Carmela, I Carmela, Carmelo. Carmela's the moonwalking chick, but Carmelo. Yeah, you look, I kind of feel creepy when I say jit gel rag in 2020, but for the uh, younger folk out there, Abaddon without the makeup, I think this is jit gel rag material, man. That is Avedon without the makeup. So look at her teeth. I don't think her teeth looks like this, you know? So it's uh, something going on over there. But I tell you, man, I like the look. I like that she won in one minute. And uh, we'll see where it goes, you know? It's, just, it's a shame that you don't have, like, a faction of freaks, you know, to maybe put her with someone else. I mean, I don't know if I would put her with the Dark Order. Hey, they kind of teased tonight that Anna Jay might go, go with the Dark Order. I, I don't even know what you would do with that. I don't even know. Cole Cabana, you know, and he's teaming up next week, um, I think with Brody Lee. And not for nothing, and I'm a fan of Cole Cabana. Do I care he's in the Dark Order? Seriously. It's almost like if... Um, you know, Big Boss Man. Remember when he went back to WCW, Big Bubba? It's like if Big Bubba was teased to join the NWO. I mean, I love the Big Boss Man, you know, but by that time in his career, nobody fucking gave a shit if he was going to join NWO. It's like if Crush joined, and he was in NWO. He's in, uh, the, yeah, I think he was, in, no, he was in black and white. I remember the black t-shirts, so. But yeah, yeah, so that is Abaddon. That is Abaddon with the makeup. And that is Avedon without the makeup. So getting a big buzz today. And you know what? I wish her well. You know, very creative. I honestly don't think WWE would dare put... Yeah, I agree, Ray. Everybody was in the NWO. But I don't think WWE would put someone like that uh, on their TV. I think it's just too creepy, too scary... WWE is so fucking petrified to... I, I, I'm a little surprised why the this, this Super Chats didn't pop up over here. I got, I got to figure that shit out. You know, it's a little little strange. This is the first time I've actually ever seen this happen over here. But, um, eh, but I could, it still pops up in the back, and I could still shout out everybody in the meantime. But, um, but I, someone like that, I don't think a character like that WWE would really want to do in 2020. It just, it's 
No, I just don't see that happening, to be honest with you. But anyway, um, let's see what else. What else can we get into? Oh, you know what? Let me let me try one last thing over here, and then we'll move on. Because I got some wrestling news to get into. I know a lot of you out there definitely want me to talk about this latest stuff with COVID. I'll be honest with you. I'm actually glad. I'm really freaking glad that Io Shirai made an appearance at the very end of NXT tonight. Because, you know, we know about this latest test. Uh, somebody tested positive for COVID. I think it was June 9th might have been the date. But it was, you know, not too long ago. And they're saying it's a developmental wrestler. Maybe somebody, you know, an NXT. I don't know. I'm not going to speculate. But I will tell you that tonight there was some concern because Io Shirai, she wins, you know, the NXT Women's Championship and suddenly, like, she, it feels like she's in the back burner the last two weeks. So people are starting to wonder tonight, and I saw a few people writing this, like, hey, you know, do you think there's a chance that uh, Io Shirai would have tested positive for COVID? Look, anybody could test positive for COVID, you know, at, at any time, but um, I don't like speculating. You saw what happened the last time somebody tested positive for COVID, all that speculation. Not good, not good, because a lot of websites got it wrong over and over and over again. So, but uh, we'll talk about this COVID stuff a little bit later as far as WWE goes. And my continued praise for AEW. You know, I don't talk about it much on Mondays because Monday's show is mostly just WWE and that's it. But Wednesdays is pretty much everything else. And Friday's like a smorgasbord of everything. But anybody that follows this show on a weekly basis with Wednesdays, I have praised repeatedly AEW's COVID testing. And you remember about three weeks ago or a month ago, I talked about how cheap it is to get a rapid test in bulk. I mean, you could get rapid tests, $15 might even be a little on the high side. There's some states you could get it for 11 bucks. And, you know, I, I said this recently, you know, this is stuff you could write off. I mean, the masks that I wear in my office, freaking tons of hand sanitizer everywhere. I got hand sanitizer up my ass. I got it here. I got it. I mean, anything I buy related to measures with COVID, extra cleaning stuff. I have somebody going to my office and scrubbing it every week now. I'm putting all that stuff aside. That's tax deductible. So how WWE could go in a cheap with this stuff just blows my mind. It blows my fucking mind. But we'll we'll talk about that a little bit later on. Want to get into a couple of tidbits of news. And I think this is a pretty big deal. You know, maybe towards the end of the show, I'll spend a few minutes getting into all the events. If you all like this idea, I'll do it every week until things get back to normal. But for those that aren't aware, a lot of promotions are returning to live events next week, even this weekend. Stardom announced that they're going to have an event June 21st. Their event sold out in five minutes. Now, granted, they can't sell as many tickets than they usually can, but the point is, is that wrestling fans want wrestling so bad 
you're going to see indie promotions that usually only draw 50, 100. You know, if they could rent a bigger place or maybe find a really nice outdoor area, my God. I talked about this on Breakfast Soup on Patreon with Mish Saturday. You know, I remember in 1988, the summer of love, when house music and hip house and acid and techno and just uh, break, break beat, I think it was. I mean, it was just going crazy at that time. And, you know, I was, we didn't have social media at that time. And I was so envious of my UK friends who would go to these warehouse parties, to go to these fields. And I'm sure any of you out there that was into that music know the stories of, you know, the, all the parties that they would have. They would rent out fields in the UK and they'd have 20, 30, 40,000 people dancing for a whole weekend. It, I could only imagine how much it smelled like shit that whole weekend because there was no showers. I think there was outhouses, but you sweat and it's the summertime and you're dancing all night long. I mean, you must smell like fucking horse breath. I mean, could you only imagine? And yeah, Woodstock, you could go even further back, but I try to be a little bit more current. But, um, you know, it's just that fans just got all in droves. And I, and I know for a fact, some of these indie groups that would, you know, generate a small crowd, you could rent a fucking nice field that you could put two, 3,000 people there. You know, maybe you won't fill 3,000. And when I say 3,000, I don't mean capacity 3,000. I mean capacity like eight, 9,000, you know, especially if you could get a grassland area. You know, you know, when you go back and you look at those warehouse parties from the late 80s, they had fucking rides, amusement things. They had, I mean, crazy equipment, sound. All you gotta do is put a ring. Put a ring, a couple outhouses. You have some concession stands. You make a killing on food, bottled water. It's not like you have to, like, I mean, a couple of big loudspeakers and a microphone if you want to play entrance music. It's not a crazy expense, especially if you use regional talent. So you rent out a field that could have like six, 7,000 people there. You know, you'll get some of these promotions that usually draw 100. I'll bet you any amount of money. I'll bet you any amount of money. In the next month, you're going to hear about some promotions, mostly overseas, that used to generate maybe 50 or 100 people that generated 500 to 1,000 people because people want to come back to wrestling so bad. So, um, Red, I never went to any of those warehouse parties. The closest I came was, I think, in 1989. I went to some party in Suffolk County, Long Island. I don't remember where it was. It was like a big warehouse, and it was a, a, a big, you know, club party, club music. And I remember walking in with my friends, and me, I was never into breakbeat. To me, that beat was too fast. I mean, you see some people, go Google it or go on YouTube and just look up breakbeat 1988 or 1989 and just look at some of the people dancing. You know, I could, you know, I never really danced after Papagallo's in 88 when I was embarrassed, but I could see myself, you know, just hanging out with a drink or you'd be like one of these goofs that's sitting in his chair and he's like, I could see that. But when you put breakbeat on, people are like, I couldn't do that. I get a fucking heart attack in 10 seconds. So, but anyway, so later on, if you'd like, I have a list 
of indie events in the United States and beyond that are going to take place between this week and next Friday. I mean, I could go until July, but I don't want to spend crazy amounts of time on it. So you might even hear about some events that you weren't even aware in your neck of the woods. Um, and I got to give credit to Philip Stamper for this. He has been sending me lists of indie events for, it's got to be like 15 years now. And most of the times I just delete it, you know, because I'm not going to read all of the events. But I think right now, I think people out there would absolutely love to hear about some events that are coming on in their, their neighborhoods, you know. So we'll get into that a little bit later. Now, a uh, couple other things going on. Um, yeah, you know, a few people are asking about the fans from Monday. I know we don't talk about Raw or SmackDown on this show. Well, I could get into the fan thing later on when I discuss the COVID thing. Um, EC3 making a little bit of a buzz right now. And this might be a case where EC3 shows up in numerous promotions. Now, I think it would be cool. You know, if people remember when I first started doing Wednesday Night Dynamite, I used to joke. Fucking Colt Cabana and Ring of Honor. Fucking Colt Cabana and NWA. Fucking Colt Cabana and MLW. Fucking Colt Cabana and Tom Steak and Ribs Championship Wrestling. I joked. I said, he's like the fucking, the, the local whore. You know? He's like a chick that you see at every party trying to pick up and stuff like this. See, every promotion, he, he's there. It's like, fuck. Now he's pretty much just AEW. I think EC3 could do the same thing, but do it the right way. Hot prospect, you know, show up possibly one time in AEW. Why not? If they want to pay nice for one payday, you know, I don't. I can't put the video here because I don't want to take the chance of getting any, you know, strikes or anything like that. But, um, you know, well, it looks better if I put it like this. EC3 on his Twitter, you know, teasing that, you know, he may go to Ring of Honor. Now, I'm sure he got permission from Ring of Honor to actually pose in front of their logo. Um, but, you know, that's, that's not all. On Impact Wrestling this week, we had Moose, you know, retain his TNA World Championship. He defeated Hernandez. After the match was over, EC3's music played for like one or two seconds. So in a matter of... 24 hours, we have EC3's music teased on Impact Wrestling, and we have EC3 on Twitter teasing that he may go to Ring of Honor. So right now, you know, we remember Lex Luger, you know, showing up on, uh, you know, Nitro right after AEW, uh, AEW, WWF. I mean, if you want to go a little bit later on, Ravishing Rick Rude, seen on WWF TV and WCW the same night. That a trivia contest I was involved in very recently. And uh, even though I thought this was a little shady because I don't think it was live, but technically Tommaso Ciampa was seen on Impact Wrestling and NXT, I think on the same night. That was a trivia question, which I thought was very unfair. But you could very well if Ring of Honor, you know, look, they're behind. You know, they were behind. Before COVID, their shows were behind. But you may actually hear EC3 at an, a Ring of Honor event seen on Impact Wrestling and possibly on another Fed all in the same week. I think that would be pretty fucking cool. 
you know, talk about like a storyline of a hot prospect, somebody that is really in demand. The only thing is, um, will he be willing to do a one-shot deal for some of these promotions? They're going to have to pay a nice penny for it because, you know, Cody's TNT Championship, they're doing, you know, the, the idea that outsiders could come in and challenge for the title. Now, I think it would be pretty foolish for them to announce, let's say tonight, that uh, Ricky Starks is all elite. They did that with Abaddon tonight. She is on the roster. But if they immediately announce that Ricky Starks is signed to a contract, it doesn't feel like an outsider anymore. You know what I mean? If you're going to really push the outsider type deal that anybody could come in and challenge Cody at any time, um, then you wait a little bit. You you don't blow your load with Ricky Starks yet. But I tell you, you bring in an EC3 for one shot, you bring in someone else for another shot, I think that actually would be pretty damn good. I think it would be pretty good. And I think EC3, you know, just comes off more as, you know, the hot prospect that everybody wants. He's got to obviously deliver in the matches, but never say never. I think that would be pretty cool. And, you know, speaking of impact, since I'm on the topic, you know, once again, I've said this a few times in the last month or so. I think the NXT women's roster is the, 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 the best roster as far as United States women wrestling goes. WWE, Raw, and SmackDown together as a whole, sure, I think would be better than NXT. But if you look at Raw by itself or SmackDown by itself, I think the NXT women's roster is much more superior. I think Impact Wrestling is now second as far as women's wrestling goes. And, you know, it's funny, you know, for everybody out there that was so like annoyed that WWE let go Deanna Perrazzo. You know, again, this is what I talk about as far as, and I usually, look, I don't talk about regular fans out there because you pick and choose what you want to see. You know, but when you have goofs out there with websites or podcasts that shit on a promotion repeatedly, repeatedly, and then when you confront them about it, they're like, well, you know, I write for this website or I do a podcast, so I, I have to cover it. Well, it's pretty funny that they bitch and complain about WWE letting go Deanna Peraza, but she shows up in Impact Wrestling. They're dedicating an, uh, you know, a nice amount of time to build her up. They did a beautiful video package about her yesterday, and these tweet fuckers never bother to pay attention. Why? Because it only get them three. Only get them three, three hits. But I'm telling you, you know... Pay attention to the Impact Wrestling's women roster because they really are building something nice. So hopefully, you know, we get back to regular, you know, crowds and uh, we'll see where it goes. But um, nah, Matthew, some areas we will see crowds. My God, there's wrestling events already with fans, you know, scheduled to attend. You know, maybe in your neck of the woods or maybe, and I'm not saying this to be disrespectful, but Matthew, you may be doing what a lot of people that I criticize do. They see pro wrestling only in the lens of WWE. A little bit of AEW, but they look at pro wrestling only in the, the lens of WWE. So if WWE doesn't have fans, then the impression is, oh, fans aren't coming back anytime soon. If you allow yourself to expand 
to other feds and other promotions out there, you realize that there is a, so much more wrestling out there to be watched. That's why, I, I, I'll be honest with you, when, Friday actually has become my favorite night of the week as far as doing podcasts go. Because Friday is kind of like a smorgasbord of everything. But this is but the reason why I love doing Wednesday so much is to show everybody out there that it's more than just WWE and AEW. You know? Sure, I don't spend a crazy amount of time on a lot of these other feds if there's not a whole lot going on, but it's to prove a point. You know? You see all of these people bitching and complaining about AEW, bitching and complaining about Raw, bitching and complaining about SmackDown, and yet they will not, they will not pay attention to any other feds out there because they can't generate a conversation out of it. And that fucking sucks, to be honest with you. That's why I like, you know, that I have separated myself from the usual WWE versus AEW clan. You know, they, please. You know, what's, you know what's funny about it? COVID will be, you know, there's like phase one to phase four. We'll have phase nine and you'll have the same fucking goops bitching and complaining, you know, just about wrestling or about money or about this or about that, and they do nothing about it. If wrestling sucks so much for you, then either try to find another form of wrestling that you would enjoy, because there's some fans out there that absolutely love Impact Wrestling, even though, you know, it's a small amount. But if wrestling doesn't satisfy you, there's so much other alternatives out there. And if you refuse to check those alternatives, then you're the shallow goof. That's how I look at it. Um, AEW, you know, I'm a fan, but I will criticize where needed. And, um, you know, and I guess I can mention this now since I said AEW. Uh, Chris Statlander, uh, out. Actually, we have two people from AEW. One is, you know, I don't think he's signed to a contract. But uh, one's a pretty big name. Chris Statlander is out with an ACL tear. And um, she is going to be out. And, you know, look, four months, six months. We don't know the exact time. But that's a pretty big blow for the women's division in AEW. I think that's why you'll probably see Big Swall, you know, get a little bit more of a a push. Um, You know... (laughs) God bless the people out there that only, like, try to, again, stay focused on AEW and WWE. But uh, Big Swall, you know, she's behind the fucking wheel when Britt Baker wanted to be uh, driven out of the fucking arena. Big Swall is behind the wheel, and she turns around, and she goes, where to, doctor or dentist? I think doctor. And right away, people are like, oh, you see AEW's copy and Undertaker. Where to, Stephanie? Get the fuck out of here. How many times people have been behind the wheel of an ambulance, a car, or something else that they hijack? I mean, what else are you going to say? Nice weather, Stephanie. You hungry, Stephanie? Let's do lunch, Stephanie. No, you fucking behind the wheel of a car of someone that you're feuding with, and that person doesn't know you behind the car, there's really not much else to say, but where to, doctor? Uh, but I, I, you know, I like Big Swall. And, um, you know, good. 
I think it's it's very good that she gets a little bit of a push. Here's her chance to maybe pick up where Chris Statlander unfortunately has to leave off for a while. Um, look, accidents happen. I know I have criticized some of Chris Statlander's work. You know, she's still very young in her career. I don't know if, you know, inexperience or a botched spot caused this ACL tear because we've had the best of the best get ACL tears. So shit happens sometimes. Someone else that suffered a tear, and this guy, man, I feel bad for him, uh, John Schuyler, he wrestled on dark, and I got the results. I'm not going to spend much time in it because if you know when we do guess the winners, I think you could probably guess the winners of all the matches. But he suffered tears. Get this, his ACL, his MCL, and his PCL. He's fucked, man. He's fucked, especially when the legs... You know, pretty, you, you, I mean, you know, even Zach Gowan had one good leg. You know what I mean? Like, this this guy is going to have a rough road ahead to recovery. I wish him the best, man. I don't like to see anybody injured. Even my haters, I don't like to see them injured at all. But um, vacant, I agree with you. AEW needs to do more with Sonny Kiss. Sonny Kiss will be on Dynamite next week. Um, I love the idea of them pairing Joey Janela and Sonny Kiss together. This is not the first time that they've been paired together. They have great chemistry. And the big question is how far AEW will allow that to be on the main product. I think it could get very creative. I'm a little confused as far as their opponents next week because I try to think about the match and one step ahead and you don't want to see Sonny Kiss and Joey Janela suddenly, you know, just all getting, I don't want to say squashed, but losing over and over and over again. That's why it's probably got to be some type of a clusterfuck finish later on um, in that match. But we'll talk about that a little bit later. The AEW dark from this week, and look, I get that wrestlers, some need to knock off ring rust. You might as well call it AEW ring rust instead of AEW Dark. 11 fucking matches this week. And you know when when I say quality over quantity, sometimes less is more. And just because, you know, you do something, or even when I do shows, you know, the one negative thing about me, and there's a lot of negative things about me, but the one pet peeve that I have about myself, and for a long time... View friends of the show. I, again, I don't like using fans. I, to, 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 we're on the same page, everybody. Yeah, I have the microphone and the camera, but you and I tuning in, we're on the same page. I don't like calling uh, all of you out there fans. To me, I, I, I almost find that disrespectful to you. I swear to God, it's not pandering. They just feel funny. You know, even when I went to to, to convention about three years ago and I was invited to actually have my own booth at um, the Chilla convention. And some of you know that story already. And I'm like, no, I'm not going to do it. And they're like, why not? I'm like, yeah, because I'm a nobody. And like, are you kidding me? You got so many fans out there and stuff like that. I'm like, I don't, I don't consider it fans. It's, you know, I, I don't like peeps either. I think we're just family. And I really mean that. But, um, you know, one big pet peeve about myself, and people will laugh when I say this. How many times 
over the years. If I had a dollar every time I said this, I'd probably be able to buy a brand new computer right now. I go into a show and I'll say to everybody, look, it's going to be a quick show tonight. Look, one hour, we're going to be done. 90 minutes going to be done. And then it never ends up that way. And I say this over and over again. And, you know, people like, yeah, okay. All right. Yeah. They roll their eyes. The reason why I always do that is because I always try to remind myself that it's not the length, it's the quality of the show. And some people out there have this thought that they got to do a show for two, three hours for it to be good. And the one thing that I got a bad habit of was there's a lot of podcasters out there that do a podcast for 45 minutes and get 100,000 people tuning in. There are people out there that will do an hour. And, you know, I don't ever want anybody to feel shortchanged. And I, because I get older and because I have an office and I wake up very, very early and it's very difficult to stay up in the wee hours in the morning and get two, three hours sleep, my age, I'll get a stroke from that. And I always have this subconscious feeling that if I finish a show in 45 minutes, that somebody, some people would be like, what the fuck? Where the fuck's the other half of the show? Oh, fuck this, man. If they, these fucking shows are only an hour, I'm going to fucking go to... And I always felt guilty for that. But it's something that I really have to really start pushing, man. Especially on Monday nights. Because Mondays, they start an hour later. You know, 11.05. And even when the shows end at 1 a.m., sometimes I forget to disconnect my Discord where some people listen audio only. And they'll still hear me, 2, 2.30, 3 o'clock in the morning, still editing and getting frustrated and running codecs. Because I, I wish, I wish that, you know, my podcasting career would be talk, leave. Talk, leave. It's not that way. So you don't always have to have quantity to be quality. And AEW doing 11 fucking matches, and a lot of them are knocking off ring rust. Even if someone is getting an opportunity to be seen on YouTube, some of these matches, with all due respect, and I'm not going to name any individual names because I don't want to disrespect anyone because, hell, I can't fucking wrestle a lick. And I was in three matches. And my record is officially 3-0, and but I sucked. You know, there's a reason why all three of my matches were fucking street fights, you know? But 11 matches and half of them were garbage. And they had no business, in my opinion, being on AEW Dark. This is now AEW ring rust, in my opinion. Here's the matches. Guess the winners. Ready? There was only one match in his whole 11 that I was like thinking for a second who possibly would get the win. And then I reminded myself about Chris Statlander's injury. And then I realized, okay, you know, Big Swall versus Danny Jordan. Yeah, Big Swall got the win. That was the only one that I had to think for a second. But listen to these. Jurassic Express versus Capital Vices. Who do you think fucking won that one? Joey Janela and Sonny Kiss versus Musa and Sean Dean. Can you guess who won that one? Uh, Christopher Daniels and Frankie Kazarian versus Brandon Cutler and Peter Avalon. The fucking anorexic, ravishing Rick Rude lookalike. Lance Archer versus David Ali. You know? Who do you think wins these matches? Penelope Ford versus Skylar Moore. You know? Scorpio Sky versus Robert Anthony. Jimmy Havoc versus Griff Garrison. 
Randy Rhodes and Allie versus Red Velvet and Kenzie Page. Evil Uno and Stu Grayson versus Bradley Pierce and John, don't make fun of my knee, Skyler. And Sean Spears versus Lee Johnson. Can you fucking guess? If I ever did a Patreon pre- predictions contest for AEW Dark, I'd hold about 200 prizes out to people. The librarians, the goops. I'm telling you, man, they must, they must, Peter Avalon must do a lot of work behind the scenes. And I say this with respect. To me, I don't know, like, his purpose. Like, it's just, you know, I could see if this was 1988 and he was just like squash matches and stuff like that. I mean, he's got this beautiful fucking robe. He's groomed pretty well. I mean, that's like, you know, buying a fucking car that has an unbelievable paint job and fucking tint, and then you turn it on, and it's like... I mean, come on. It's, it almost looks like that somebody fucking ran, ran his look through a program and fucking Photoshopped him, and it's almost like with Roadrunner and Wildy Coyote when an anvil would fall on top of him, or he gets run over from a car, and he's about this. He... he it's, he's got a great look. And honestly, I and I'm not going to be one of these people, he, he should do steroids. No, he just look at him and it's like, come on, man. I even think fucking Marco Stunt should beat him a hundred times over. You know, there's some people out there that, you know, want to be wrestlers. And Peter Avalon, because he's small, and I say this respectfully, because he's smaller and he's really thin, and his physique is, you know, small, your character should really focus on that. All right, you're a fucking librarian. I don't know no fucking librarians that wear ravishing Rick Rude type robes. You know what I mean? Like, and not even like one where, you know, like the blue robe, like you just took a bath and I'm sitting in my my love seat and I got a a pipe in my mouth (laughs) and I'm reading a book. And I'm looking at uh, the stock market today, you know, and, uh, you know, he doesn't look like a librarian. He looks like, my God, I fucking used to idolize ravishing Rick Rude. He could be the librarian. He could be the fucking butcher. He could be the fucking ice cream man. He could be fucking INS. He could be a skinhead. And I think he'd still wear the same outfit. Seriously, the outfit doesn't match him. Doesn't match men. And I, again, I have no problem with him. It's nothing personal. I don't wish any angst on him. But man, I mean, you, how do you put that on TV? Seriously. And by the way, who that? Who that? Who that opened up AEW tonight? I swear to God, I swear to God, I wanted to take a picture of QT Marshall just dressed in regular clothes. And I was going to put it on my page and I was going to write something like big shout out to my friend, John. He just got married today. Everybody give a shout out to John. And it was going to be a picture of QT Marshall. And I wanted to see how many people was going to congratulate my friend, John, on getting married today. That's how many people I don't think would recognize QT Marshall if they saw him walking down the street. (laughs) I mean, he's a good wrestler, but they have this storyline where Allie and Brandy and the Natural Nightmares are going to split up and this is an ad. I've been watching wrestling since 79. I've watched Goldust's entire career. I'm a fan of AEW. 
and QT Marshall, I'm saying to myself, why is this person in this big giant? So what is there any connection? Do have we like followed him over the years and grown this love for him, this big following for him? My God, I even think your local terrorist has more followers than him sometimes. He's got like 20,000 followers, I think, on tw Twitter. Somebody go check and see how many followers he has on Twitter. He's got a fucking apple in his hand. You know? I, 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 I Again, he's talented. But, oh, the Natural Nightmares are getting a tag title shot tonight. Did you see that match? The match was okay. But there was nothing memorable about that match at all. And look at the end of the match. You have Allie, who is not allowed ringside. She's up the rampway. QT, go QT, QT. And the ending was so freaking uneventful. They hit, Omega and Paige hit the last call on QT. One, two, three. Nothing. I mean, it was, and yes, it, it, he's not a waste of a roster spot. Don't get me wrong. He is fine for television. But this big storyline where he's with Allie. And Ali and Brandy are feuding. And QT and Dustin are fighting for tag titles. And he's got a, And then he gets Diamond Dallas Page, gives him the diamond cutter. Seriously, come on. I mean, I, I don't, I'm curious. Is any of you out there, are any of you out there like big fans of QT Marshall? Do you disagree with me? I mean, I, I, I'm saying this sincerely. If you disagree with me, tell me why. Because, again, he's not a bad wrestler. And if you remember that first fucking match that he was in that three-way on Dynamite, I think it was Dynamite, that three-way um, last year, I praised the shit out of him. Because the guy could work. You know, I even seen matches, I think, from Ring of Honor. The guy could work. But this fucking big storyline with Allie and Brandy and Dustin and Natural Nightmares and I got Diamond Cutter and this is an ad. I got hair weaves now and I shouldn't make fun of that because I've had them too. But um, seriously, I really am going to do that. I'm preparing everybody right now. It may be like two weeks, three weeks. I'm going away next week. Not jail, going away, vacation, five days. Maybe when I come back, I'll get a post on Twitter. I'm going to say big shout out to to my buddy. Uh, we'll think of a funny name, um, maybe like uh, Joey Pichicleta or uh, Tony Supersad, or maybe Joey Pepperoni, something like that. I'm going to write like big shout out to blah blah blah. I bumped into him, you know, on my vacation, and he just got married. And you know, big shout out to you, my friend. Maybe I'll just put a fake, you know, at on there, and I want to see how many people respond back and like, dude, you know. Congratulations, congrats. and it'll be a picture of QT Marshall's head. I want to see how many people out there, and don't ruin it, everybody. Don't ruin it. Don't go on my Twitter and say, that's QT Marshall. Just sit back, relax, and just just like the goops who followed Lucha Underground, just like the goops who follow AEW every week, and even if you didn't follow AEW Dark every week, and you see Abaddon taking on Sheeta, you mean to tell me you don't stop like, the fuck is this? I mean, we have Rosemary with her luck, but my God, this is like Rosemary on steroids and poison and everything else. I love her look, Abaddon. Know what she needs? She needs fake blood. She needs to come out and, oh my God, I really don't want to do this right now because I got a sh another hour to do. Maybe I'll prepare myself, but uh, why not? 
What she's got to do, Abaddon, just picture that this is fake blood. She's got to come out, and when she's on the rampway, do something like this. And just have blood dripping down her mouth on TV. I'm telling you, I could picture Tony Schiavone. Ah, ah, oh, yeah, yeah. That's what I would do. I look like I peed myself. Not even a vampire. I mean, scavengers have blood coming out of their mouth. It's not just vampires. Zombies have money, um, blood coming out of their mouth. I'm telling you the visual. Yeah, you know what? Like Gangrel, that's not a bad comparison. Just picture, not, she don't have to have a lot, just a little bit. Open her mouth up and you have the blood just dripping down. I think that visual, I'm telling you, I think that visual would be fucking cool. So we'll see what happens. But um, so speaking of AEW, because we kind of segued into it, you had Houdat and Dustin. They lose to uh, Kenny Omega and Hangman Page. 14 minutes, a little bit too long. It is what it is, but what an uneventful finish to this. Um, I don't think AEW is live tonight. I don't recall seeing the live, you know, in, in the corner. Like they usually, maybe someone knows this for sure. I don't believe it was live. Um, yeah, we had Dusk, you know, in that match. But if you notice, like right after that match, I don't know if it was Abaddon's uh, match or maybe it was MJF and Billy. Billy! It was dark out. It was pitch black out. And it didn't go from like, like it was bright. It wasn't even dusk. It was still kind of bright when... The match started, but it was pitch black. Okay, it was not live. Okay, thank you, Vitalika. Um, and I don't have any problem. I don't have any problem right now if it's taped or if it's live. Um, but, you know, the match just felt like it went a little bit too long. It was a little bit uneventful, to be honest with you. And there was no doubt that Omega and Paige... See, that's why, you know, I, I kind of... I enjoyed AEW tonight. I think NXT is winning the ratings this week. I really do. I nailed it the first two times NXT won. And I'm going to make a prediction right now that NXT wins again this week. I'd be very surprised if AEW wins this week. Again, neither show was bad this week. But, you know, who that and Dustin, I don't know. It's a big ratings draw in 2020. Omega and Paige, obviously, but they haven't even teased any swerves or dissension. Page doesn't have that crazy look on his face. And, you know, so it just felt like, you know, good opening, but I don't know what kind of ratings draw that would be. Abaddon over Annie J in a minute 40. Um, look, Anna J's look, to be honest with you, you know, she's got a nice cute look. If she does join the Dark Order, what does she do? Does she wear like a pantsuit? I mean, I don't know. What You know, we got to understand how the dog, would you put a mask on her? I wouldn't put a mask on her, you know? So I don't know what they're going to do with that. I don't even know if she's going to accept it. So I got some weird feeling that Cole Cabana and Anna Jay are going to cross paths in some sub storyline somewhere. But um, once again, man, Abaddon, you know, look, you know, her look without the makeup, you know, to, to quote Big Daddy Kane, mm, mm, mm. 
I, I, I can't do it too loud, but how many of you were fans of Big Daddy Kane back in the day? Oh, yeah. Fucking loved Big Daddy Kane. Mm-hmm. MJF over Billy. Can't use gun. They being creative. Remember Cody and Brandy Rhodes? But you never saw Cody Rhodes name back-to-back. You got Billy and Austin Gunn, but you don't see Billy Gunn's name back-to-back. Yeah, Big Daddy Kane ruled back in the day, man. I have some um, uh, acapellas that he did at some, like, parties in my neck of the woods that he would just freestyle, and uh, it was never made public. And I have them, I think I still have them on cassettes, believe it or not. I got boom boxes. That's, that's a, I don't, I haven't, I was too lazy to clean them up and put them on eBay, but they still work. But MJF versus Billy, you know, it was somewhat uneventful. I mean, it it was, if you, if anybody knows like Gaga matches on the indie circuit and Gaga matches are fun. I'm not saying that it's not fun, but it was your typical, almost like a Gaga match, like veteran babyface versus snarky up and coming you know, superstar heel. And that's what it felt like. You know, let me walk backwards and then I bump into Billy Gunn and I'm like, oh shit. You know, it's like, you know, it's like almost Gaga stuff. But after the match was over, you know, there was a little bit of a brawl at ringside with Wardlow and Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy. You remember the pay-per-view? You remember I thought that Luchasaurus and Wardlow was going to be a match on that pay-per-view? Remember the week before they went at it a little bit? And I said, oh, that's a match on uh, Double or Nothing. Just think about this. How many weeks are we since Double or Nothing? Three? It's got, I think it's like three or three or four. And now you're doing Luchasaurus versus Wardlow? That's, if you follow my show on a weekly basis, that is one thing that I don't like about AEW. That when people go at it, for some reason, they wait two, three, four weeks before they decide to have a match. I remember that one time it was Best Friends. Uh, I think it was Best Friends and Orange Cassidy. They got the shit knocked out of them from Pac and the Lucha Brothers. And um, what happened? We thought next week they were going to have like a tag team match or three on three. And they waited two or three weeks. That's something that AEW does. Guardian, you're welcome, but this is a solo show. So, but anyway, um, but they they wait. I don't. I understand you want to milk things because of COVID, but they did this last year. Somebody comes out, lays someone out in the ring. You expect the following week that they would have a match, or they call each other. No, they wait two or three weeks. I, I just don't like that. I don't like that at all. Delayed gratification, uh, that's the problem I had with the Champa cross thing. When Cross laid out Champa, Champa decided to fucking go on a three-week fucking cruise with his family before he started confronting Champa uh, Cross. Not his fault, it's the WWE storyline. Um, I appreciate a Guardian, but remember, you know, he's not on YouTube. So, but thank you. I do appreciate it, seriously. Um, but, you know, it's just, I don't know. But next week, we have Wardlow and Luchasaurus going at it. You know, 
there's some big AEW fan accounts out there. Do a search on Twitter. You'd be surprised how many people write this. There are a lot of people out there that think that Jungle Boy and MJF are going to be feuding for years. That this is going to be something going on for years. I don't see that, but I don't even know how you extend that for years. I just they think it's going to be like one of the biggest AEW rivalries in in their you know first couple of years. I don't know where you see that, but I'm pretty surprised how many people. And I'm not knocking it, but I'm surprised at how many people say that. But um, so MJF beats Billy. Billy! Then um, we have uh, that segment where uh, Britt Baker, she's a ringside. She's got the broken leg. She's annoyed at Shivani. She wants um, Abby. Is that her name? Abby? Is that the person who's supposed to be like doing it? You know, like, oh, Reba, Reba, Abby. Where the hell did I get Abby from? Reba, Reba. Take me out of here. Reba. Reba. It's not Reba. It's Big Swall behind the wheel. Remember? Want some coffee? Where to? So that's how they basically go with Britt Baker. And then they have a camera like on Big Swall. And, you know, she's like all laughing. She's got Britt Baker hostage. She can't do nothing. And then later on in the show, we find out that Britt Baker is in a garbage dump, garbage bin outside the arena. And I think it's Reba that finds her like covered in garbage. So, um, by the way, what happened to Mel? Mel, what happened? I mean, it maybe she's just because of the COVID scares. Maybe she's just afraid to, and I totally respect that. But man, talk about someone who they wanted to fucking push and, you know, they shaved their head I mean, Awesome Kong hasn't been around. It's like I, you know, that's why I've said repeatedly. I say it on Wednesday and Friday show more than any anywhere else. But you actually take a step back and realize how many people are not performing right now. Bigger names. Sure, Bell is not a bigger name, but you go from Awesome Kong to the Lucha Brothers for the most part. Pentagon, obviously not. Uh, Roman Reigns, uh, Tessa Blanchard, you go up and down the list and you make a list of all the wrestlers who are not competing right now because of what's going on with COVID. Look at all the NXT wrestlers that are overseas that cannot get back to the States. It is a huge, huge list. So under the circumstances, you got to make the best for it. That's why when I see these people you know, laughing about the ratings, ripping the ratings, criticizing the ratings. All I know is that last week, 1.3 million fans watched wrestling on a Wednesday night. That's not that bad. Especially when Raw gets what? 1.7 million, 1.8 million, 1.9 million. You know, it's not that far off. SmackDown got 2 million, and I think that's higher than what it's been in recent memory. So... Anthony Diaz, maybe Deli Man needs a, no. I'm fucking old, man. You know, maybe ten years ago I would do something for comedy, but I'm old. Yeah, I can't fucking move around like that no more, man. 
I fucking lost 60 pounds just so I can like move around like a normal human being. You know, the pain is crazy. I couldn't do it, but I, I, I wish I did more with that, but I didn't, I didn't. So next we have Cody's match on Anderson, you know, because Cody is fighting Jake Hager. Remember last week when Hager and Cody went at it, I said, they'll probably have a match the following week. Eh. They're going to fight at Fighter Fest. And Arn Anderson is telling Cody he's confident that Cody could beat Hager at Fighter Fest. But, you know, he's looking for, you know, good talent, you know, for Cody to face. And um, he looked at, at this industry. And we see a video package of Ricky Starks. I love it. Because when he first left NWA, I said, I think Ricky Starks would be a great fit in AEW. I, and if you remember, I said, I'd love him in NXT also, but I think he would get lost in the shuffle. 205 Live isn't what it used to be. So I thought AEW would be a perfect fit. And then when the TNT Championship came around, and we were talking two weeks ago about uh, opponents outside the company, Ricky Starks is one of the names we talked about. Ricky Starks came out. I was really looking forward to this match. The match went eight minutes. Probably enough. You know, I would have been fine with it going even a little bit longer. But, um, you know, they really went toe-to-toe. They butted heads a couple of times. But Ricky Starks showed that he can go. Um, I will admit that when you realize that Ricky Starks is like a buck ninety that he does look, you know, substantially smaller than some of the wrestlers in AEW. And you have to be very careful how you use him because you start going up and down the list between the tag team division, the TNT title, the heavyweight title. You start saying to yourself like, okay, I could see Ricky Starks with Guevara. I could see Ricky Starks with this part. But there's not many names that you see right now where Ricky Starks could really go toe-to-toe and possibly grab a couple of victories. We got to be, you know, they got to tread lightly with Ricky Starks. No need to make him come off as, a, you know, like a big giant superstar signing. He is an extremely talented prospect. I mean, he's just started, if you think about it. Um... Marcus, as far as Cody possibly turning heel, I know why you're saying this. Um, I actually was thinking about it a little bit tonight as well. You know, Cody, when he was on the mic, you know, he was bringing up how there was no Young Bucks over there, no Kenny Omega, uh, no Nightmare Family. And I'll tell you, when he was cutting his promo tonight, talking about how they weren't at ringside with him, you know what I immediately thought of? And it's funny because when I say this, I think some people will find it funny because he actually kind of imitated him even when AEW first started. You know, for some reason, Cody felt the need to have a sledgehammer. For some reason, Cody felt the need to destroy a throne that looked like Triple H's. And when he cut that promo tonight, I immediately thought back when Triple H started planting the seeds about going on his own and leaving D-Generation X. Obviously, D-Generation X 
and the elite are two totally different factions. But when Cody said what he said tonight on the mic, my immediate thought was, wow, this feels a little bit like when Triple H was starting to break out on his own and he was going to leave eventually D-Generation X. I think this may end up being the same thing. I think ultimately Cody goes out on his own. They may need to do that because they may need, um, hey, being Alan Sanchez. Uh, oh, he wants me to shout out his wife, Rebecca, first-time listener, viewer today, and they're in Northern California. Oh, so it's only 8-12 over there. That's that's awesome, man. I hope everything is good in Cali. You know, I see on the news some of the stuff going on, you know, in different areas. What part of, uh, well, you don't have to say what part of Cali. I, I know it's pretty much northern up there, but good. Big shout out, my friend. I hope you're enjoying the show. I hope Rebecca is as well. But um, relaxing ghost. I don't think Cody's talking about breaking away from Brandy. Uh, I think down the line, I think they may want to have Cody versus Kenny or maybe Cody versus Hangman Page. Uh, so those are two intriguing matches that I think fans would like to see. Um, so this opens the opportunity of some additional matches. Uh, San Jose, okay, San Jose. Um, no, Darren, I have one female in my life other than my mom, and I'm very content with her. Oh, Palm Springs. Very nice. Singapore, mighty, mighty, tuning in from Singapore. Fucking awesome, man. Love it. Hope you're enjoying this. And uh, again, big shout out to everyone, Louisiana. You know, very cool, man. It's 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 awesome to have such, a you know, just a broad audience out there and uh, just a broad family. I mean, my God, do you remember when WWE had their event in Saudi Arabia and the Don Tony sign got confiscated. Saudi Arabia. I mean, one of my most loyal friends of the show went to the Saudi Arabia event, brought a Don Tony sign and it got confiscated and they caught it on video. That was just amazing. And you know what the funny thing about it was? If you go back and you Google that, Go on my Twitter, at Don Tony D, and look up the search and just type in Saudi Arabia, you'll see it. The funny thing about that is when this started trending, because this was a big story that day, that they confiscated, Saudi Arabia confiscated a sign. There was a sign about WrestleMania too, but they confiscated a sign of that said Don Tony. It was for me. And it's all on video. I don't have the video handy. You know, maybe I do. If I do, I could share it with everybody right now. I know for the haters out there, they're like, oh, fuck, he's got to put, put himself over again. I don't know if I have it. Do I have it? I usually do have things here to piss people off. Let me see. I'm, I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking. Uh, do to Swalamante. I, I never got to show that because of copyright infringement. I don't think I have it. Shit, I don't think I have it. I'm looking a little further. Uh, Eric Rowan, Guevara, Moment to Piss. Yeah, I don't have it here. Sorry. Maybe on the next show, or maybe Friday I'll play it. But when they took the video, uh, this when the video recorded the sign being taken away, it started trending. I actually have the screenshot of it trending, Don Tony trending. What everybody thought it was, 
not everybody, but a lot of people, the reason why it started trending was because a lot of people out there thought that when it said Don Tony, they thought it meant D-O-N as in double or nothing and Tony as in Tony Khan. So they thought the sign being confiscated was double or nothing Tony as in Tony Khan. So, but no, Anthony, I really can't find, you know me, dude, I'll play everything. I have the cross video of him putting us all, us over, you know, you know, I don't like to overly gush because that comes off really campy and just tacky, but um, I got lots of stuff I could put up here right now, you know. My God, you remember when Velveteen Dream took Andrew 914's Don Tony sign? He was facing Roderick Strong, main event on NXT, grabbed the Don Tony sign, showed it to everybody, and then tore it up. And then go figure, he gets accused of being a fucking, I don't know if you, you can't call it a pedophile. We're just creepy and, I don't know, sexted. And yours truly was one of the only people that ever defended him. And you know, I had some goofs that actually thought that the only reason why I defended Velveteen Dream is because he grabbed my sign, showed it to everybody, and then tore it up on WWE television. So, yeah, I know, Benjamin... Yeah, thinking double or nothing, Tony was an awful stretch. I was, and it was funny because if you, again, you do the Twitter search from that day, there was people out there that can't stand me, that were forced to like suck it up and say, "No, that that's a podcaster that that was referencing." So, but yeah, he tore it up. He tore it up. That was absolutely cool. See, that's why I'm pissed because I'm surprised because I actually had that video and the other video back to back but i'm not going to search that now maybe friday or next week just to have some fun i'll put it back up here again but go on my twitter and go check it out so but big shout out to everybody tuning in much love and you know what if you love the show i know broken record hit the like button because it shows you know this is a option for others out there that may not be aware of these shows even existing I don't like YouTube's algorithms. I still have a lot to learn about YouTube. And if you notice the last two shows, the goofy banner, did you see the goofy banner thing? The thing that I use for this week? You see that? WWE never tested superstars for COVID-19. I made that. I made that because I noticed, and I had people telling me like, you know, why aren't you making banners with like big block letters and have it stand out? And I always vowed to never do anything like that. At least if you look at those letters, they're kind of small. But when you have these people that write these giant things to just catch your eye, and most of the time it's clickbait. I will never have a clickbait, man. Fuck that, man. Fuck that. So what school do you go to? When I mention Velveteen Dream, yeah, you know, I will. What school do you go to? Is that amazing? Seriously. Are you amazed like how that just disappeared? Soon as they got outed, those teenagers got outed and they realized that they were going to get themselves in a shitload of trouble. They fucking deleted their Twitter accounts. All the accusations went away and it just vanished. And it was amazing because I have friends of mine. I swear to God, I'm not going to name names, but I have friends of mine, mutual friends that actually said to me early on, you know, and one I value more than anybody else. I'll say it's Mish. Mish, we talked about it, and he's like, dude, are you sure that, you know, you positive that he, you think he didn't do this? You sure? 
That's awfully risky, especially because of what he was accused of doing. Then I started explaining to Mish, look at this, look at this, look at this, look at this. And Mish pretty much took neutral on it, you know, because look, I don't know the guy personally, Dream. Could have been all true. But I, you know, he said to me, he's like, you know, that's very risky to do. You take someone's side like that, and if it ends up being that he did it, sure, you know, I made a mistake. But you know me, everybody. You know, I don't like to make mistakes. I don't like to even, just just think about that. We had that laugh on Monday, and after the show was over, before I went to bed, I did some searches online, and I fucking laughed my ass off. There were people out there actually reporting as news that No Way Jose returned to the WWE, that WWE re-signed No Way Jose. And then I realized that what they based that on is because his head is still on a production truck. I mean, this is what journalists, a, a production truck. What about all that news? Velveteen Dream debuting on Raw. Chelsea Green debuting on SmackDown. Adam Cole's contract is up in the summer and he's going to AEW. Dominic Dijakovic was going to face Apollo Crews three weeks ago for the U.S. title. I mean, look at all this fucking garbage. And you know what's funny, too? I loved it, too, because last week I was joking around how easy it is to make up a fake story with quotes. And I joked last week that WWE is really high on Angel Garza. And, you know, quote, he's got all the tools. He just needs to have a little bit more time on TV. And they think he could be the next Eddie Guerrero or the next Rick Martel. And what came out yesterday from websites? WWE is extremely high at Angel Garza that sources believe that he could be the next Eddie Guerrero. That's how easy it is. It's just fake. It's all fake. So, yeah, Johnny. I don't Look, there are some people out there that get angry that I bring to surface all of these goofs and all of these fakes. That's because a lot of them get crazy as followers. I'm not jealous of it. I go to sleep at night knowing that I'm authentic. And, you know, not everything I do is an open book. But I back up everything I say. You take a step back and you look at some of the people that you follow on social media and you realize that all you know is based on what you read in 160 characters, now 320, and you know nothing else, and you're going to invest emotionally, you know, psychologically and financially in some cases, and then you realize that the only thing you know is what that person has perceived themselves to be on social media. That's fraud, man. There's so many frauds out there. And, you know, I let them, you know, eventually they all get exposed. It may take years, but I let them do it. I love bringing them up. And it cringes some people out there. They fucking hate it because they know, you know, that it's only a matter of time. But fuck them. Fuck them all. That's what I say. So Cody beats Ricky Starks. Right after Ricky Starks' match is when Lance Archer went on social media and talking about he wants to beat Ricky Starks' ass. Um, they are friendly with each other, so don't know if this will actually lead to a match, but once again, I say what I've been saying for two or three weeks in a row. What the fuck are they doing with Lance Archer? I mean, after running into the Cody wall, and losing the tournament, what have they done with him? I'd be happy with Lance Archer and Brian Cage tag-teaming and just destroying the tag-team division. You know, almost like, 
you know, they're not the natural disasters, but there's nothing wrong with having two fucking behemoths teaming up together. I can't stand, I can't stand what they have done with Lance Archer after that. So, um, next we had uh, the super bad squad, Kip Sabian and um, Jimmy Havoc. Once again, man, no problem with super bad, team super bad, but is Kip Sabian a future star? He's on his way. He's absolutely on his way. But I honestly am disinterested when he's in the ring. And Jimmy Havoc, I followed his career for many years, so I have no problem with Jimmy Havoc. But... um MM3 wrestler is DL man and abused me, exposed that. I I have no idea what you're talking about, Markel World. MM3 wrestler is DL. Were you saying Deli man? Did Deli man abused you? You must clarify. You don't have to super chat to clarify. I'll I'll read what you're saying, but and I'm sorry that they're not popping up on the screen tonight. I don't know why. For some reason, there must be something with YouTube's thing. But at least, you know, they're popping up on the back. Um, no, but Kip Sabian, Penelope Ford. Penelope Ford, I understand why people are really attracted to her. She is not extremely good in the ring. She's going to get a shot at her Karoshida. I hope that they work on their match quite a bit between now and Fighter Fest. Because I personally think at this rate, that match goes three minutes tops. And Penelope Ford, she could hit individual moves. But when you have a moving target, she's not that great. She's got plenty of time to get better. I'm not saying that she's not. But she's nowhere on that level right now. And she gets a lot of TV time because of her looks. She gets on the people's skin because she makes out with a boyfriend or fiance or whoever they are. Um, but Kip Sabian is not a ratings grab. And watching the Young Bucks take them on today, the match was okay. But that fucking shit went 15 or 16 minutes. Awfully long time for one. Young Bucks, obviously, people enjoy watching. That's an awful long time to be putting on television, especially when you see who they're up against as far as NXT. You look at them side by side, you understand why I say this. Um, okay, Markel World's talking about an indie wrestler by name of MM3. He is a DL man who fucks men, uh, pretends to be... St- um, uh, I don't get into like that personal sex stuff. I try to stay away. You see that controversy going around with David Starr today? I'm sure some of you know. Is that his name, David Starr? I think he was in CZW Ring of Honor that one of his ex-girlfriends put publicly, like, screenshots of text messages and this, this, and that, you know, and then he comes out and he talks about how, um, you know, like, he's cheated on women and lied to women and, and this, this, and that, and it's like, you know, I, I don't know, man. I think in this day and age, like, people have to publicly shame or publicly publicly get revenge. You know, it's all it's not like you can't get revenge privately. You have to make it public. And although, you know, from what I read about this guy, 
I it sounds kind of creepy. I know Anthony. Who the fuck is David Starr? It's a big you know, thing brewing on social media. I think that's his name. Is it David Starr? I think that Starr with two R's, by the way. I think that's his name. But I'm looking at this today, and people are PMing me like, "You're going to talk about what happened with David Starr?" And I'm reading it, and I'm like, "No, I can't believe I'm even bringing it up now," because it, we're in a social media age that everybody wants to publicly have a, a, men, a mengasm. Is that what it's called? A, me, a mengasm. And that's not an orgasm from men. That's mental orgasm. You got people out there who, who are victims that have to really bury the other person to get revenge. Mental orgasm. You got people out there whose lives are so fucking miserable that then when they see other people getting shot down, they have a mental orgasm. Then you have people out there that will fucking tweet fictitious stuff that they do, whether it's them being a hero or being a victim, it's just so they could get tweet love back. Mental orgasm. Everything's about mental orgasms. And honestly, whoever this guy is, or whoever the girl is, you know, if he's a fucking creep, you move on and you fucking and just pretend the person doesn't exist. You know, but the idea of fucking, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, it's David Starr, that's his name. You want something, you want, a lot of people like gossip, you want some good gossip, go on Twitter later and search his name and see what comes up. Be prepared to read for a while. So, uh, Motaka, do I think Sarah Logan is going to AEW? Um, Why not? I mean, look, the one thing... The one thing that I do like about AEW that WWE really does not do. If you notice, WWE doesn't bring someone in from the indie circuit for like a one-shot deal, unless it's an enhancement talent. You know, oh, the, per- the, the person identified tonight was Evolve Wrestler or Joe Schmo. That's the close you get to it. AEW does not have a problem with maybe paying someone for a one-shot deal to come in and do something. That's what TNA used to do when they first started. They did it a little bit later on, but when they first started, you'd see people rotating. They'd come in, they come in, they come in. And they weren't signed to contracts, but they would get one-shot deals. I don't mind that. In this day and age, I don't mind seeing... Now, at the same time, though... Each promotion has to have their own established stars. You know, Ricky Starks, with all due respect, everybody, go do a search tonight. Ricky Starks, AEW. Just go on Twitter, right? Ricky Starks, AEW. And look at what comes back. And what you will find, a lot of podcasts, I, I read at least five. I read a lot of podcasts saying, wow, this is the first time of me seeing Ricky Starks. And, you know, he's pretty fucking impressive. And I'm saying to myself, when I look at Ricky Starks, I think of NWA. You think of all the episodes of Power that he was on there. And then you realize these goofs never bothered to fucking pay attention to NWA or look at him. Now, he's he's great now because he's watching him in AEW, but you wouldn't watch him in NWA. Carrying Cross, people whacking off. Holy shit, unbelievable. But you never wanted to watch him in Impact Wrestling. It's the same people. That's why I say, open up your eyes to other promotions out there. Just because somebody walks out of promotion A and walks into promotion B, that suddenly your eyes are pinned, must-see television. 
That person has been in NWA for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks. Why are you not paying any attention to him? So, so Sarah Logan coming in, the only thing is she obviously wouldn't, you know, uh, be that high on the food chain right off the bat. So I could see her coming in maybe for a one-shot deal just to test the waters. She comes in, as a match, loses, you know, Maybe they do one of those battle royals again. Think of the battle royal that they did last year with that Casino Royale or whatever, and Mercedes Martinez was in it. They had some pretty damn awesome names in there. And then like three, four, five weeks later, you're like, wait a minute. They didn't sign any of these people? And by the way, Mercedes Martinez returns to NXT next week. So, um, ah, Into the Fire, I know. I, I don't know why they changed the name, man. I still disagree with them changing the name. They just wanted to change the name. If you remember, um, I think it was Dells that got the statement for me. He actually contacted NWA directly and like, uh, you know, how come he changed the name? Eh, we, we wanted it. We felt like it. That's that's the truth. I mean, could you pitch your websites? Uh, NWA explains why the na- na- the theme song to change it into the fire. Then you click on it because uh, they felt like it. Not a big story, you know? So, anyway, Young Bucks beat Super Bad Squad. After that, my God, the Butcher and the Blade. Now, not only do they look like ice cream men, they're wearing fucking white beanie hats also, like snow hats. And what the hell is with that look? Do, does anybody have the balls there? Say, you two look like good humor men. You know, sell me a bag of ice. They, they're wearing all white, and they're wearing white like ski hats. So they, as soon as the match is over, they start beating down the, the young bucks, and then FTR hits the ring, and then the next thing you know, both the young bucks and FTR are doing spike pile drivers and, you know, blah, 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 blah. You know, it, 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 the match went on way too freaking long, way too freaking. The Butcher, the Blade, and the Deli Man. I You would never catch me wearing that crap how do you come out dressed in s&m leather stuff and then you know when i when i wrestle i i'm s&m and leather and change and spikes and all that but in my free time i dress like an ice cream man it's oh i i don't i don't i don't get it i mean i could understand if we were in like phase negative one and every clothing store was closed and amazon was closed and fucking washing me, and all you had was just your, look, my suitcase was stolen. The only thing I could find, oh, anybody anybody my size? Oh, yeah, yeah, but I only have this white shirt, white pants, and white shoes, and white socks, and white briefs. All right, I'll wear it, you know? The fuck is that? So, next we got promos from Brian Cage, Taz, John Moxley, Anybody have a little uh, flashback to uh, Canyon? Just check out Brian Cage and Taz's promo again and tell me if you just had a little thought of Canyon. I know I did. That's all I'm going to say. So they announced the matches for next week. Not bad. Sammy Guevara versus Matt Hardy. Brody Lee and Colt Cabana versus Sonny Kiss and Joey Janela. Wardlow versus Luchasaurus. It's a lumberjack match. And uh, FTR versus the Natural Nightmares of Dustin Rhodes and who that? 
John Moxley will be in action. We don't know his opponent is yet, but Taz will be on commentary. And then we had the main event tonight. We had Les Sex Gods versus Best Friends. Matt Hardy on commentary. And uh, decent match, you know. Again, with all due respect, Best Friends in the main event on Wednesday Night Wrestling, not really what I want to see, to be honest. You know, we had a cameraman at ringside that would get involved in the match. The baseball bat got involved a little bit. It was a fun match, but it was a lot of gaga. Uh, towards the end of the match, Sammy Guevara, um, he hits a beautiful moonsault. I thought they were going to get the pin there, but I realized it was for the title shot at Fighter Fest, so then I realized that Jericho and Guevara probably weren't going to get it. But um, Trent Barreta kicks out. And then uh, Guevara gets tripped by the cameraman. Then you realize right away it's Orange Cassidy being the cameraman. And uh, best friends win. And then Orange Cassidy starts going at it with Jericho. Um, you know, look, once again, I have no problem with Orange Cassidy. I like his character. But, you know, the, that lack of roar when Cassidy starts beating up Jericho, there wasn't any because there's no live fans there. And it was a little bit disappointing. But that's how it went off the air. It was a fun show, but I don't think it's going to beat uh, NXT in the ratings this week. Like I said, I'm not saying this to brag. I'm just as a reminder. The first two times NXT beat AEW in the ratings, I predicted that both. So this is the third time that I'm saying that, and we'll see if I get it for three in a row. So NXT tonight... Although not as eventful as AEW, some of the matches went on longer than they should have. Again, if you follow NXT, there's not a whole lot of hot mess mixed in, sometimes too organized. You don't have, you know, 15 vignettes in the back. But the opening match tonight, Brizongo getting their tag title shot because they were... Guess the number one contender suddenly against Marcel Barthel and Fabian Aikner of Imperium. It was funny when Brizongo came out dressed like Imperium. They called themselves Imperium, and they had like a remix version of their music. That was kind of funny. And uh, Fandango with the wig on was a fun match. But in the end, we knew that Imperium was going to retain. It's nice to see Fandango back, but to immediately throw them you know, into the tag titles shot. People bitch about Nia Jax getting a title shot, returning from injury so quickly. And I'm like, look at Brazongo. <laughs> They're getting the tag title shot. But towards the end of the match, we had Rinku, Sarav, Malvin, uh, Malcolm Bivens come out at ringside. That uh, brought out Oni Larkin and Danny Birch, who a lot of people think may be next in line to feud for the tag titles. I'm not so sure. That is... You know, <laughs> I don't know if I want to see Oni Larkin and Danny Birch versus Marcel Barthel and Fabian Aikner. Um, no, I agree with you, Chad. Brazango is underrated. Anybody that follows me for a long time knows Brazango should have had those tag titles on more than one occasion in WWE in the past. There was one pay-per-view that I honestly thought that was going to be their night. That was the pay-per-view where they had, like, the fucking mops. You remember that garbage? 
And I was like, come on, man. Seriously, this is the best you could come up with? It was just so disappointing. And, you know, probably my second favorite theme song in NXT next to Dexter Loomis. So Brazongo falls, and uh, Malcolm Bivens is basically telling Rinko and Sarav, tonight's not the night, it's not the night. So, you know, they're just basically just keeping all the names out there. But speaking of Dexter Loomis... We had Velveteen Dream cutting a promo and, you know, talking about him uh, losing to Adam Cole in the stipulation. And while Velveteen Dream is being interviewed, what school did you go to? Uh, Dexter Loomis creeps up behind him and puts a little drawing next to Velveteen Dream. And Velveteen Dream notices the picture and he puts it on the camera, and basically Dexter Loomis is say, basically saying, as you could see, that he predicts he'll be tag team champion with Velveteen Dream in the future. And although I actually think that would pretty be pretty interesting, I don't want to compare it to Matt Riddle and Pete Dunne, but that's another oddball tag team I think that might be a lot of fun. But right now... Velveteen Dream is basically saying, Dexter, that photo means nothing. The Dream is a solo act. So I think Dexter Loomis will continue to show up. And I think eventually, I think Velveteen Dream may team up with Dexter Loomis. Let's see what happens. Maybe they do win tag titles in the future. Um, You know, it's funny. A lot of people out there have been asking me, you know, like, whoever the artist is that's drawing this stuff does a pretty damn good job. And who is it? Now, the funny thing is, if you look in the lower right-hand corner, there is a signature. Um, The lower right-hand corner of the photo, there is a signature. So somebody is signing these things. I don't know why WWE does not have these autographed by the people in the picture and put it on the auction site. But people have been asking me, who do I think is drawing these? And only one name comes to mind, especially since he still... I think is employed with WWE, Jerry Lawler. The King, Jerry Lawler, is is an amazing, amazing artist. And I'm shocked that people... I don't know if he is. I don't talk to Jerry Lawler, but I would love if any of you out there ever communicate with him, ask him if he's doing the artwork for WWE. Because I think these artworks are great. And I'm surprised WWE is not auctioning these off. You know? Make a couple of bucks out of them. But, uh, you know, the fact that there's a signature on there, obviously this is meant not to be just thrown out. And you would never want to just throw out anything, you know. Everything is worth something if you think about it. Hell, this fucking shirt that I was going to throw out. Oh, wait, never mind. I don't even want to say what shirt that is because it will cause controversy. But uh, next we had um, Damian Priest taking on Killian Dane, beats him in five minutes. My hunch from two weeks ago appears to be correct. Looks like Damian Priest is now a babyface. If you pay attention to Mauro Ranallo's commentary tonight, Mauro Ranallo was talking like Damian Priest being a babyface. So um, I have no problem with it. I've already said it. Damian Priest being a babyface is a nice shift in balance couple of other opponents. I personally don't want to see Cameron Grimes, but um, 
no, 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 I'm not putting this shirt out there. Uh, and, and I just purely picked up any shirt. So, but anyway, um, Damian Priest is a baby face. Opens up new opponents for him. Guy is decent on the mic. He really proved himself from in your house. So I'm cool with it. I'm absolutely cool with it. And um, then we have Robert Stone shown drunk, disheveled. He's got, I guess, alcohol. You know, they don't show it with the paper bag, you know, but, uh, you know, he's all down and dejected. And uh, Aaliyah, I guess, you know, they're trying to make, you know, them paired up together. But Aaliyah, you know, with Robert Stone, she loses to Zia Lee in a minute, minute and a half. So here's where we get to these fucking one-minute matches. That's something also you need to understand. The difference between AEW and NXT. Yeah, Brian Cage in the ring, got Lance Archer in the ring, someone like that. Of course, you expect a one-minute squash and done. But unfortunately, with NXT, you have numerous one-minute squashes. And these are people sometimes you want to see have more minutes with. Zia Lee is one of them. And to win in a minute, you know, really doesn't do all that much. And when you add in the segment with Robert Stone and the commercial and everything like that, that's about five to ten minutes that went by for a one-minute match. So, I, you know, I agree, Vacant. I don't know if WWE's ever going to do anything with Zia Lee. I don't know why they are using her this way. You know, you know, giving her a win here and there is basically just try to tread water with her. But that's someone that I'm just confused on how they've used so far. But, you know, it's not jobbed out, but still it just feels... And look, not everybody could be used to their potential early on. But, um, you know, I wish they would do a little bit more with her. Next, we had Timothy Thatcher. And he's basically teaching, I guess, students how to wrestle. And he's doing the Fujiwara armbar. I don't know if anybody out there that's maybe a little older, like my age or close to it, thought of this. But Timothy Thatcher... When he's stretching out, anybody out there have any flashbacks of what when Thatcher was doing what he's doing today? Now, you know, he looks scary now with the teeth. But as he's putting the moves on, you hear the student writhing in pain. My immediate flashback. Anybody out there have any flashback tonight? Anything? Because it reminded me of one thing tonight. Major props if anybody remember this. But it reminded me of Bret Hart's Wrestling with Shadows, when they used to talk about Stu Hart in the dungeon. And one of Bret Hart's brothers, I don't know if it was Smith Hart, but he was talking about how Stu would like drool, like like he, he would like he just fresh meat, like he get and then he would put it if you saw Wrestling with Shadows, he put that submission on that guy and he just turns his head and and it goes that's what Timothy Thatcher reminded me tonight. That's what it reminded me of. Reminded me of Stu Hart in the dungeon when Stu Hart would get excited when an up-and-coming wrestler thought that he was, you know, better than what he was and he thought he can hang with Stu Hart. That's what it kind of made me think of tonight. So, um, yeah, Hart Dungeon, man. Reminded me of Stu Hart. Love that segment from Wrestling with Shadows. It almost looked like Timothy Thatcher was enjoying himself tonight. 
And look, Timothy Thatcher is not great on the mic. But doing this sinister stuff and enjoying it, I, I used to do a really good Stu Hart, but I'm not doing it tonight. So next we had a segment, Undisputed Era. It's basically therapy for Roderick Strong. He's still tormented because of what happened with the trunk and this, this, and that. And it was cool the way they did the camera work to make it look like Kyle O'Reilly was with them. But in the end, you know, Roderick Strong is uh, emotionally, you know, just totally shattered, you know, because of what happened with Dexter Loomis. They're basically trying to give him therapy. And at one point, Adam Cole gives, um, takes out the ink block test, and it's basically just a blotch of ink. And you basically supposed to say what it is. And uh, the first one, uh, I forget what he said with the first one, but the second one he thought it was Dexter Loomis. And then the third pitch he thought it was the truck. And then uh, Dr. O'Reilly assumed that the truck was the source of Roderick Strong's, you know, being scared. And they tried to put Roderick Strong in the trunk of a car, not truck, trunk of a car. And he fucking runs away. You know, it's a way to get them all on TV. Funny segment. No problem with it. So, um, yeah, Thatcher, yeah. I, I'm I'm enjoying it, man. I'm enjoying it. So, oh, yeah, Bret Hart taped it. Yeah, he taped the audio. Remember? I remember he put, like, so, I, I don't want to yell because I have people upstairs sleeping, but I remember from Wrestling With Shadows that Stu Hart would just move an arm just a little bit and the person would go, ah! Watch that clip. I'm sure it's on YouTube. Just look up Stu Hart wrestling with shadows. Look at that one clip. It's scary, man. Yeah. You know, what, what was he saying to the guy? You hear slapping. He's like, have some discipline. Have some discipline. And the fucking guy is crying like a baby. Oh, man. Love that. Wish I could do that to some people. Seriously. So the therapy session does not go well. Adam Cole is now interviewed in the back. And, you know, he's standing in front of Karrion Cross and Scarlett Bordeaux's Hourglass. Talks about his 381-day reign as NXT champion. And it doesn't matter who it is, he'll still be champion. Keith Lee enters the picture, and he said that it's not Karrion Cross that's going to take his title, but it's going to be Keith Lee instead. Keith Lee then breaks the Hourglass. So I think we kind of could figure out what is going to happen July 8th. Keith Lee breaks the hourglass, walks away, and, um, you know, it basically says TikTok. Later on in the night, you see just carrying across his shoe and Scarlet Bordeaux's boot, and they see the hourglass broken. So you can almost picture what's going to happen next week and July 8th. We'll get to that in a minute. So next we have Adam Cole in the ring. Cutting a promo, reminding everyone how many days is champion. Never took one day for granted. Hardest working champion in the business. And Keith Lee comes out. Um, basically, Adam Cole says that Keith Lee may have his eyes on the NXT Heavyweight title. Well, maybe Adam Cole has eyes on the NXT North American Championship. So now this is to plant the seeds of title versus title. Keith Lee comes out. They have a stare down, immediately interrupted by Johnny Gargano. Johnny Gargano starts putting himself over, immediately interrupted by Finn Balor. And, um, you know, Adam Cole's basically running the bad mouth, 
to Finn Balor, saying that, you know, he shows up somewhere, he's king for a while, but then Adam Cole shows up and passes him right by. So William Regal pops up on the screen. He's got a solution. Next week for the North American Championship, it's Keith Lee defending the championship against Johnny Gargano and Finn Balor. Whoever wins that match will be the North American champion. Then on July 8th, that champion will face Adam Cole in winner-take-all. Winner has both the NXT title and the North American title. In my opinion, what this leads to, next week, Keith Lee retains his title. They tease from now on, from next week to July 8th, it's Keith Lee versus Adam Cole, title for title. And then when it comes July 8th, we'll probably have an appearance by Karrion Cross, and the match ends in either disqualification or maybe Karrion Cross attacks someone, and this will lead to... In fact, I, I just thought of it. Karrion Cross will probably lay out both Keith Lee and Adam Cole because he already said tick-tock to Adam Cole. Keith Lee broke the hourglass, so now Karrion Cross has a reason to beat the fuck out of both of them. By him laying them both out, there's no winner and no title change. So nobody walks out with both belts. So that's it. That's what's going to happen. That, as Pat Patterson said, that's the story. Karrion Cross is going to interfere, and he's going to lay out Keith Lee and Adam Cole, goes off the air, no, no decisive finish. They both have their respective belts. That's the story. Remember this. That's the story. What else we got? Dakota Kai over Caden Carter in two and a half minutes. Nothing there. Mercedes Martinez returns next week. Bronson Reed beating Leon Ruff in 20 seconds. After the match is over, uh, Bronson Reed calls out Karrion Cross, Poor bastard. And next week, it will be Bronson Reed versus Karrion Cross. For people out there that may have, you know, shallow memory, don't remember Bronson Reed was attacked by Karrion Cross a couple of weeks ago. This was after his match with Cameron Grimes, if I recall. And Karrion uh, Cross hit him with the Doomsday Saito suplex. So now we have a vignette, Damian Priest in the back by his car, flat tire. I don't know what kind of car it was, but it had nice rims. And Cameron Grimes driving the other way in some white compact car, laughing at Damian Priest with the flat tire. So you know what this is going to lead to. Damian Priest versus Cameron Grimes next week. Blah, 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 blah. Okay? I, I don't mind my match. In fact, next week is Damian Priest versus Cameron Grimes, the three-way for the North American title, and Karrion Cross versus Bronson Reed. Those are the three matches that we're aware of right now. By the way, little programming note. I mentioned this yesterday, Monday. I kind of mentioned it earlier, but I wasn't specific. Next week, I will be on vacation from Thursday through Monday. So there will not be a Don Tony show next Friday. I will be out of New York. So I might not be on that following DTKC show as well. It depends on what time I get back in New York Monday evening. But, um, you know, it's going to be kind of crazy, but... You know, yours truly needs to get the fuck out of New York for a little while, to be honest with you. So this week shows regularly scheduled as as promised. And Friday, I'll be up here for the Don Tony Show, 10.05 p.m. right after SmackDown. Patreon, I'll be up Saturday. It's going to be an all-call-in show. 
So everybody tune in live Saturday on Patreon. You'll be able to call in and talk to yours truly. We're working on the call-ins on Patreon. And in the next couple of weeks, I'll be having call-ins on this show and on Friday as well. So you'll get the opportunity to call in and uh, debate me on some topics. So look forward to that. Got some things brewing, you know, little at a time. Still trying to get used to the whole YouTube thing. So many things I still don't know about it, but... Next, we had uh, this segment with um, Santos Escobar with Raul Mendoza and Joaquin Wild. And um, Santos Escobar was talking about the story of El Hijo del Fantasma. It had to come to an end. When you see the mask, all you see is a lucha. But now it's time for Santos Escobar. I have to see, when I say his name, I can't just say Santos Escobar. It's like when someone that's not Italian is like, can I have a little bit of that ricotta cheese? Or what do they say? Uh, can I have a little bit of um, soprasada? Oh, you got to see it. Supersada, ricotta, supersada, mozzarella, pepperoni. So when I say Santos Escobar, I can be like Santos Escobar entered the ring. No, I got to say it like Santos Escobar. Santos Escobar. I think it sounds better. So... Drake Maverick cuts off Escobar and basically, you know, he tries to attack Escobar, but, you know, the three of them beat the fuck out of him. And uh, we see Drake Maverick brought, uh, taken out in an ambulance. So, I don't know, two weeks, three weeks, July 8th, do we get uh, Santos Escobar versus Drake Maverick? Possibly, possibly. Oh, Benjamin, I mispronounce names all the time. I absolutely do. But I, I say it with a little bit of an accent. Santos Escobar. Sounds, you know, stronger. Forte, stronger. Uh, so, main event, Sasha Banks and Bailey. They defeat Shots, Shotzi Blackguard and Tegan Knox to retain the WWE Women's Tag Team titles as if we thought there was going to be anything different. I'll tell you, it was a fun tag team match. Um, in the end, Sasha Banks hits the, you know, the, the bank statement on Shotzi Blackheart. Bailey basically knocks Dakota Kai. I don't know where to fuck in the corner. It just, that looked like a hot mess. You know, look, Shotzi Blackheart still taking high risk moves. This time it looked good. It, you know, it was a little sloppy at times, but I tell you, again, you look at best friends versus Jericho and Guevara and I, and I'm a big fan of Guevara. Jericho, I don't even need to say, big fan of his as well. Best friends, I'm still not, you know, I haven't gotten that connection yet. So I'm looking at Sasha Banks and Bailey because it's main roster. We knew the, what the outcome was going to be, but it was a strong match. And um, I tell you, again, I was really happy after the match was over that Zia Lee came out. Uh, Zia, see, I got Zia Lee on the brain. Io Shirai came out. And knocked Bailey. And, you know, look, it was a little goofy, but, you know, I, I don't mind it. It's nitpicking, but right before Io Shirai landed her kick on Bailey, Bailey like throws the belts aside because she doesn't want to fall with the belts in her hands, could possibly injure herself. And then Sasha Banks, the same thing, throws the belt aside so she could get knocked on her ass too. But it, it, look, I'm glad Io Shirai was there because I did see some people tonight trying to look at the date about the COVID and wondering 
okay, who have we not really seen since In Your House? And, you know, people started speculating, like, do you think it could be Io Shirai that caught COVID and this, this, and that? So, you know, to have it go off the way it did was fine. I don't know where this leads with Io Shirai, Bailey, and Sasha. I don't think it's going to lead to anything. I think that was just to put her out there. So it's not like she won the belt and now she's disappeared for the most part. And wouldn't surprise me if maybe they put her out there so people didn't speculate that she had COVID. Very possible. But I enjoyed the tag match. And to be honest with you, last week, I, for the second week in a row, I said that the ratings going to be awfully close with AEW and NXT. Last week, AEW, I think, had 677. NXT had 673. In my opinion, AEW's rating goes down this week. 677, it goes down to, I'd say, 641. I think it drops down to about 641, 650, around that number. I honestly think NXT wins this week. Um, you know, just, I think AEW, as far as ratings-wise, just saying ratings-wise, some of the people that they put long matches with are not the ratings draw that they think that they are. Unless then maybe they do realize it. I don't know. But there was two or three matches today that maybe one side of the team I enjoy, but the other side I was like, eh, I don't really feel like seeing a 15-minute match from this person. So I'm going to say... NXT, AEW, I said, what, about 641? I say NXT does about, I'd say 695. I think 695 to like 650. You know, let's go with that. Um, no, yeah, it's 650. Okay, six, let's, all right, 649 for, yeah, it sounds a little low. 655 for AEW and six, six. No, you know what? I'm going to say 709 for NXT. 709 for NXT, AEW, 659, I think I said. So, yeah, let's just go with that. I think it's going to be around there. I think NXT beats them by about 40,000, 50,000. I could be way off on that, just the way I, I, I see it, in my opinion. And as I said, Mercedes Martinez returns next week, which would be nice to see. So, with that said, um, one thing I wanted to mention... Yeah, I talk about wrestlers who do pass away. And unfortunately for some people out there, they won't get a, even a tweet hand job because nobody knows who they are. So I just wanted to mention them. Because uh, El, El Chacho Herores died 69 years old, actually wrestled for about 40 some odd years. Um, there's some video of him on YouTube um, wrestling against uh, against Andre the Giant, believe it or not. But uh, 69 years old, was a Lucha star. You know, it's funny because he actually managed up until a couple years. Obviously, he didn't wrestle at that age, but I wanted to mention him because, again, you know, unfortunately, you know, a lot of people out there won't pay any mind to people who died that uh, does not result in attention, which really sucks. But passed away a couple of days ago at the age of 69, um, Don Callis is teasing that somebody formerly of ECW may be coming to impact. And the only tease or hint that he would give is that this person, uh, he learned a lot from between 1999 and 2001. I honestly don't know who it is. 
Some people, um, you know, are coming up with some real crazy ones. The only person that comes to mind is Joey Styles. I think Joey Styles wants to return to wrestling. It is really, uh, it sucks that he was pretty much forced out because of a dumb Trump joke that was not meant in any heinous way. I could see if it was an absolute sarcastic asshole that said the joke that he did, and it was in bad taste, absolutely. But Joey Styles has such a good track record and is such a good guy that you know in his heart it was just a bad joke and people still, the PC police just forced him away. And um, that's my immediate thought. I thought, hey, wouldn't it be cool to see Joey Styles back on television? So not sure if it's going to happen. Um, Impact Wrestling just uh, renewed their TV deal with Mexico's MVS TV, which is an, a pretty nice story you want to go check that out but look we'll know very very soon as far as you know who the the surprise is i just my immediate thought was joey styles you gotta you gotta remember something when don Callis says this person was a big influence from 1999 to 2001 this is 2020 so you're talking 21 years ago so even if a wrestler was wrestling at that time you had 21 years to their career who could Don Callis have learned a lot from 21 years ago? Sinister Minister is already in Impact Wrestling doing stuff. So when you look at wrestlers, you know, there's not many that come to mind that would be in their 40s and 50s. That would, So my gut feeling is Joey Styles. I hope it's Joey Styles. I'd fucking definitely pop if Joey Styles came back and was doing commentary for Impact Wrestling. We, 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 we will see. Um, for some of you who may be interested, People Magazine has their Pride 2020 issue on newsstands. And I thought this was pretty cool. Um, well, actually, if I show you like this, you're like, oh, who, why are you bringing up Maria Bello? No, 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 no. I'm sorry. I meant this. Jake Atlas is actually featured in this issue. And um, it's a pretty cool article. I read about it. You know, it's amazing how many people to this day still doesn't know the history, the backdrop of Jake Atlas. Of course, he doesn't want everybody to look at him and say, oh, that's the gay wrestler. But again, you realize so many websites, and so many podcasters that do no research to like learn about someone, their history, their career, their, any, and just things about them. I mean, look at, Fucking Rinku and Sarav that are on NXT now. I mean, I didn't even realize it at first, but even to this day, people don't even realize it, that he that one of them was the Million Dollar Arm. That movie, the Million Dollar Arm, based on that motherfucker. That motherfucker could pitch 100 miles an hour. People still don't pay any research to look look at these stories. So um, let's see. All right, since we're running a little bit late, I didn't want to go over two hours because now YouTube's got to process shit and it takes longer. Let's talk about two things. And then let's wrap it up. First off, let's talk about WWE and the COVID situation. Brought it up Monday that there was a positive test. What is mind-boggling right now is that 
Mojo Rawley. And that's why I had his picture on the theme for this show tonight. Mojo Rawley posted a video of him getting the COVID test. Q-tip in the nose. Now, what I found amazing about that video is not Mojo Rawley, not the Q-tip in the nose, nothing like that. The fact that Mojo Rawley, on June 18th, 2020, is now acting like he's getting this test done for the first time, and probably did, because if he was getting the test before, probably would have posted that video before. And anybody, and here's the reason why I'm talking about it tonight, even though we don't talk Raw or SmackDown, this really isn't about Raw or SmackDown, but how many times on this show have I praised in the past that AEW was COVID testing everybody every time they're at the building. And the tests cost about $15, $11 a pop. You buy it in bulk. And they are rapid testing everybody in the building before they wrestle. The people of ringside and everything. And we're now starting to find out that WWE, for many of the superstars, never tested them once. Never tested them once. Billion-dollar company, and with all the scares of COVID, never tested, never took that expense. In the stock market, it's not a big deal because you look at the overall entertainment picture and the revenue and everything like that. We don't have a widespread pandemic of WWE stars forced to go on hiatus because of this. But as far as a wrestling fan goes, if you remember, now here's where I take a little credit. You remember when Triple H was being interviewed and Stephanie, Stephanie, you might remember when I was talking about this, how Stephanie said that, you know, anybody that's, they're doing the temperature tests and they're doing a few things. And I said, you notice how they never mentioned the COVID test itself? And they were just basically temperature checking everyone, see if they were above 100.3, I believe it was. Also had them fill out a questionnaire. Have you had a fever? Have you had chest pains? Have you had coughing? This is and that. Now, not for nothing, if I had a couple little symptoms, but they were no big deal, and I have a job at WWE, and I don't want to lose my spot, I might fucking check off no, just so I could work. I'm not saying anybody's lying. But WWE actually tried to get away with filling out a questionnaire and doing a temperature chest. You do that for a fucking clothing store. You don't do that for a fucking billion-dollar wrestling entertainment company. They were, this is what blows me away, they were deemed essential. And they got the opportunity to continue working with everybody else for the most part, was not. Unless they were like nurses and cops and news and this and that. So you would think that since they got the privilege of being able to still do their shows while everybody else is not working and all the other sports are not on TV, that they would have set the example. And I and, and when AEW started showing the wristbands and how they were testing everyone. And I mentioned how Vicky was talking about she got tested twice 
and I did the research and I looked up the COVID test and how much it costs. And I said, take notice how WWE does not mention that they're testing everyone. They're spraying this chemical in the offices that makes a coating that kills bacteria that could last up to 90 days. whoop de doo They talked about the temperature chest and test in the questionnaire, but they never say anything about COVID testing. That's something you brag about. That's something when you're talking about all the precautions, the first thing you say, we're rapid testing everybody before they enter the building. They never said that. When you have Mojo Rawley on June, not June 18th, excuse me, June 17th, because we're past midnight now. When you have Mojo Rawley on June 17th, 2020, 130 days since COVID started, and he's posting a video, hey, everybody, look, I'm getting the test. Oh, motherfucker, I had the test three times already. It ain't no fucking big deal. You, you showing, to be honest with you, Mojo Rawley, you showing after a hundred some odd days and you're only taking the test now makes WWE look worse. I gave so much credit to AEW for doing these tests over and over again and WWE waited for someone to test positive to now, to, if I'm Roman Reigns and I was itching to come back right now, Fucking sit your ass home for another two or three months. Kevin Owens, there's rumors that he went home and would not show up because of what happened with the positive test last week. I don't blame him for staying home. Sami Zayn doesn't want to come back right now because of his feeling uncomfortable. And here's the thing, and I criticize Sami Zayn for ripping Americans who wanted to do everyday things just to try to have a little bit of sanity and feel there's a little normalcy in their lives. And they weren't Trump, all Trump supporters. But here's I, here's where I take Sammy's side. Remember, John, that I said that I'm convinced that Sammy's name was John that told Florida that this needs to shut down because they're not taking all the precautions they say they are and that you almost feel pressured that you have to work, makes him look a little bit more credible here now. Now, as I said Monday, I don't know why it was so hard for people to, to like get this right, but there were websites with blue check marks writing that WWE let fans in the building. And I came up on the show on Monday and said, listen, for everybody... I'm telling you right now, the people that were in the building were not random fans. These were friends and family of the building and people that were performing. That's what they were. These weren't just strangers on the street. WWE's not putting strangers in the building just yet. I don't know why that was so hard for people to 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 you know get confirmed Monday. I said that Monday and it was exactly what it was. But here's the thing. If you go back and you watch it, there were very few people wearing masks. And there's a little controversy going on right now, and I'm going to be a little bit hesitant to say that Kevin Dunn actually did this. But there's reports going around that Kevin Dunn told all of the family and friends of the building and people there that were invited and allowed to come that if you wear a mask, you're not a WWE fan, and they were told 
not to wear masks. Once again, during this whole COVID era, WWE is petrified to fucking say it by name. Only when they got involved with that charity thing with the other sports organizations did they suddenly talk about it. Remember all how they were doing almost no public service announcements? You know, wear a mask, do this. All they would do is wash your hands. Motherfucker, you're supposed to wash your hands anyway. So I don't know. I'll hopefully by Friday, I'll get you that answer if that's true. But for those that are interested, this is the statement that they gave to ESPN. And I quote, this was made by Dr. Jeffrey Dugas, the same doctor, the medical director that I talked about on Monday. He said that all talent, production crew, and employees on site at the training and production facilities will be tested for COVID-19. And they also said that the individual who tested positive with WWE um, has... uh, that additional precautions have been put in place as a result of the positive test. The individual who tested positive was at the Performance Center in Orlando on June 9th as a member of the audience during the WWE show. That individual has not been seen at the Performance Center since June 9th. Since that time, no other individuals that attended the facility have reported symptoms. Now, think about this. This was a a developmental wrestler playing the role of a fan on June 9th. Not wearing a mask, had COVID, didn't realize it, and was around people not in a ventilated building because it's not outdoors like the back of the AEW building. And all of those other people that were around that person didn't have masks on. Only after somebody tested positive, WWE took precautions. On June 17th, 2020, that is when WWE decided, let's start testing everybody. How a billion-dollar company plays Russian roulette with COVID-19 amazes me. They probably were under the impression that the wrestlers go to the building and go home and order Grubhub. Go to the building and go home and order Grubhub. But the idea that even now, even now, they're telling people, if this is true, that if you wear a mask, you're not a WWE fan, and people were forced to, if you wanted to stay, I don't want to say forced, because anybody can leave whenever they want. But if you wanted to stay, you were told not to wear a mask. That is just fucking unacceptable. Totally unacceptable. I don't care if there are zero deaths and zero cases going on. The fact that WWE is more concerned about the aesthetics, about the look of what is shown on TV, that you can't show somebody where... I do remember, if you go back and you watch Raw, I do remember one point where there was a fan on the right side, more towards the back of the building, that had a mask on, because you saw the white mask. And then that person, the mask disappeared. So this was pre-recorded, obviously. But I tell you, in the, the fact that they're more c- concerned about how it looks on TV... They lost a lot of respect from me, in my opinion. 
That is absolutely terrible. Absolutely terrible. I will look into it a little bit further, but I wanted to bring it up here because once again, this is tax, this is a tax write-off. At the end of the year, when WWE starts working on their taxes, you know, for 20, 2020, this is all a write-off. They itemize their deductions. Even if it costs them $10,000, you know, this, this is unacceptable. Especially that you have people like Roman Reigns and others who are staying home because they don't feel comfortable. And after all of that, you find out that a lot of these wrestlers were never tested ever until now. That, and I'll tell, you, that, I'll tell you this much too. I've been tested three times already. I paid out of pocket. And the reason why I paid out of pocket is I didn't want to have to go through my doctor and get an approval and then have to wait and get a test. I go to the lab. I posted my results online, the first ones. You saw it. I call up the lab. I make my appointment online. I print up my confirmation. I pick the time. I show up at the place. I scan my barcode. I'm the only one in the waiting room. They call me in. They take blood. And then that's it. A day and a half later, I got my results. And I did that three weeks in a row because I see my parents once a week. Every Tuesday, I'm at my parents' house in Rockaway. I was there yesterday, the week before, the week before that. I want to know a day before that I am clear of this stuff. I've been staying away from people as much as I can. But I did that on my own dime because I wanted to make sure if I'm around my parents, I want to give my mom and my dad a kiss hello. You know, so I I test myself to be safe. How some of these WWE stars, especially for the last three months, and I'm serious about this, for the last three months, your employer is not testing anyone. And you see what's going on TV. You've seen on the news for the last week, week and a half, that there's been a rise in COVID cases in Florida. How do these brain-dead motherfuckers if WWE is not testing them, why are they not on their own dime for a hundred bucks or eighty bucks, whatever it is? You fucking go on the lab's website because they have places all around the United States. You make an appointment and you fucking go get tested on your own and make sure you don't have it. It just, like I said, I, I, I look. I, this has nothing to do with Mojo Rawley's pro wrestling career, but after three plus months. He posts the video, and I'm saying to myself, this motherfucker never got tested before? Because if he did, he wouldn't have posted the video. I mean, he was acting like he never got the Q-tip in the nose before. That is just mind-boggling. Again, this is not a major stock market story because it's one fan, you know, quote-unquote fan who tested positive, and no one else has been tested, you know, is positive. They've tested everyone by now. Yesterday, they didn't have any tapings. Today, they had tapings. Some of the NXT stuff was done earlier today. But when you realize that WWE has skated this for three months, they had the privilege of returning. Well, I shouldn't even say return. They had the privilege of continuing their product, not being forced to go on hiatus and you take a shortcut, and you don't rapid test the people in the building, there's no excuse for that. I could see if it's an indie promotion, 
that are really struggling to put money together and can't afford it, when you have a billion-dollar company, especially you release, released all of these people, and you don't... Again, look up. Do a research. How much does it cost to get a 1,000 rapid tests? Look it up. You buy it in bulk. $11. $18. I mean, that's a tax write-off. There's no excuse for that. There's no excuse for that. So I just figured I'd share with everyone. I think that is absolutely disgusting. And once again, that's why I give so much credit for AEW. AEW is not making money right now. AEW does not have the nest egg that WWE does. I know what you're going to say, Shad Khan and his, you know, bankroll and Tony Khan. No. It's not like the WWE. Of course, let's also say that AEW doesn't have the liabilities, the expense and the liabilities that WWE has. So AEW, you know, it's a little different. But the fact that AEW did not skimp, it made everybody feel comfortable there. Remember when I said that AEW has people around ringside and it just gives the aura like they're there because they want to be there, not because they have to be there? You look at a lot of those quote-unquote fans around the ringside that WWE's been doing, do they look like people that really want to be there or people that have to be there? I'm sure it's optional, and I'm sure they're getting paid a little bit more, but still, the fact that you... If I was a WWE wrestler right now, unless they continue testing every single time, I wouldn't show up. I'd go home. I'd go home. After three months... Wiping the ring down, wiping the ropes down, spraying everything, sanitizing this, sanitizing that. But yet, nobody could wear masks because it doesn't look right on TV. That is fucking terrible. That is terrible. Anyway, uh, before we go, I said earlier that there's a lot of wrestling events that are starting to happen as recent as Thursday, the 19th, uh, or even the 18th, I'm going to just read you some events very, very fast. I'm just going to tell you when it is and where it's going to go down. If you're in this area, you're not aware of this wrestling event, maybe you decide you want to go. Now, I'm, I'm pretty sure that some of these events are not having fans yet, but a lot of them are. So you might find this interesting. It'll only take me a couple of minutes, two, three minutes to read these. But I want to credit Philip Stamper once again. All those years, him sending me this, and I never, ever used it. I only used it for my own personal use. Hey, indie show coming up. But some of you out there, you know, if you want to go check out these feds, right now it's June 18th, 12, 26 a.m. So in Jamestown, Tennessee, you have 127 Pro Wrestling having an event at 7 p.m. Primos Premier Pro Wrestling in Denver, Colorado is having an event Friday at 8 p.m. Also Friday at 8 p.m., IWA Mid-South in Indianapolis. June 20th at 11 a.m. at Colorado Springs Wrestling Devotion Championship Wrestling and Redemption Championship Wrestling. That's a promotion I'm sure some of you have heard of before. They are take, having an event in Fountain, Colorado. June 20th at 6 p.m. Coastal Championship Wrestling in Florida. Fort Lauderdale will be exact. June 20th at 2 p.m. Knockout Wrestling. 
uh, in Bellevue, Florida. Uh, Renegade Championship Wrestling in Chatsworth, Georgia is having an event June 20th at 8 p.m. Uh, June 20th at 10 p.m., Southeastern Wrestling Association in St. Pavo, Georgia. June 20th at 5 p.m., Game Changer Wrestling, GCW, Indianapolis. Uh, June 20th at 6 p.m. in, uh, ooh, this is in the U.K., Leicestershire, Leicestershire, U.K., June 20th at 6 p.m. They have been wrestling in Hinkley at the Hastings High School, St. Catherine's Close. June 20th at 2 p.m., Wrestle Center in Tulsa, Oklahoma, Bell Time, 2 p.m. June 20th at 7.30 p.m., Tennessee All-Star Pro Wrestling in Morrison, Morrison, Tennessee. June 20th at 8 p.m. at the uh, Metroplex Wrestling in Bedford, Texas. Gold Class Wrestling, Victoria, Australia. They're having an event June 20th at 7 p.m. at the Geelong, uh, hopefully I said that right, West Town Hall. June 20th at 7.30 p.m., Brew City Wrestling has an event in Waukesha, Wisconsin. June 21st at 5 p.m. in Berlin, Germany, the German Wrestling Federation is having an event. June 21st, IPW Hardcore Wrestling in Port Ritchie, Florida. Um, June 21st at 5.05 p.m., the School of Morton, Ricky Morton School. They will be having an event in Chucky, Tennessee. June 25th, 7 p.m. in Jamestown, Tennessee. It'll be 127 Pro Wrestling once again. Empire Wrestling Alliance, the EWA, will have an event in Ardmore, Tennessee, June 25th at 7. June 26th, 6.30 p.m., the Cactus League Wrestling and East Bay Pro Wrestling. They're teaming up to have an event in Pacheco, California. Two more. June 26th, 6 p.m. in, uh, oh, it's the same one. Same one. My apologies. So, uh, last one, June 26th in Leeds, England. Title Wrestling at the Temple of Boom It's going to have an event. So, I figure Leicester, yes, Leicester. Okay, so I did get it right. So did I say Leicester? Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Leicester in the UK. I don't know why I said Leicester. Oh, you know what I think it is? I think this is the way that they maybe write it in England. Where's Captain Ivan? He's probably sleeping. It's 12.30 in the morning. So that's an old one. I don't know. I haven't talked to him in a while. But um, so look. If you want me to continue doing that every week, just to read you like upcoming events for the next seven days, like I said, you know, I just read things from West Coast, East Coast, England, Australia. You know, there's some events that, you know, maybe you're not aware of that maybe you want to take in a wrestling event. Um, Leicester? Okay, so maybe it was Leicester. So this is this is his list. You know. But uh, all right, you know, a lot of people are actually enjoying it. So, yeah, maybe we'll do that. Look, to spend one or two minutes getting into this every week, it's not a big deal. So I don't mind, and uh, I'll get into it next week. So there's a whole bunch of wrestling events for the next eight days. So, you know, if there's one in your area and you feel comfortable enough to go, go. You know, I know me, I'm going away next week, and where I'm going, it's pretty safe. It's a lot safer than over here. Apparently, we're like the lowest in the nation right now here in New York. But I already have masks put aside. Like I said, I have sanitizer. I have tons of it. I'm bringing it with me. So I'm going to keep my social distancing. And uh, even when we eat, 
you know, I'm going to be sitting at a table that's like 20 feet away from people. So I'm going to still take precautions. I don't want to get sick. I don't want to get anybody else sick. So, you know, I wish everybody well. Please send your feedback. If you enjoyed this show, I would appreciate it if you could hit the like button on the way out. Uh, maybe people just don't like the show. I don't know. I, I don't like having to beg for it. But like I said, apparently it makes this show as a recommendation, the more, you know, reaction to it. So, you know, if you enjoyed it, hit the like button. If you want to subscribe to this channel, doesn't cost anything either, hit the subscribe button. So how many are we up to? 12,600 subscribers. Five, about five months. Love it. Absolutely love it, man. Never thought it would have that many that quickly. But, hey, if you keep enjoying the show, I'll keep banging them out. So I'm going to jet because I still got to edit and put this online. I will be back Friday for the Don Tony show. Saturday for patrons. I'll be doing an episode of blah, blah, blah. It'll be live call-ins. I know on Patreon I will be um, putting up a poll Thursday to see what time you want me to go live. And then Monday will be the DTKC show. Next Wednesday will be Wednesday Night Dynamite. And then yours truly is on vacation for five days. So uh, maybe I'll post some video online of what I'm doing, where I'm at, and how everything is going. Maybe I'll video blog it. Why not? I'll see, if, you know. Yeah, and uh, thank you, Toxin. Keeping it 100, like I said, authenticity, number one thing for me. Seriously, authenticity. Um, you would be surprised of how many people that are phony and fake out there. I just, I'm too old for it. And I don't ever want to be caught in a lie. If people notice, there, there's so many people out there just waiting to catch me in a lie, or waiting for me to fuck up. And the one thing is, is that I'd rather just be straight up with you. And I say things that are very unpopular. I say things sometimes that piss people off. And I say things, that's why that Carrying Cross video was so fucking cool. I hope you all have seen it by now. You know, it was one of our, our viewers that um, paid him for a cameo. And, you know, a lot of people who actually go check out his stuff with the cameos, they tell him, oh, I heard about you from DTKC show a year, you know, year or two ago, three years ago, and he's always showing us love. And, yeah, um, I don't like to overly gush, you know, about anybody. I just think it's, like I said, very tacky, very campy. You know, just because somebody is a friend of the show does not automatically, I should, they're my number one wrestler and I should talk about them 30 times a night. It'll, it just doesn't look right. You know, they, they you earn, you know, I, that's what I say with anybody. You know, there's many times that I would love to say more, but when you have someone who is on the verge of becoming a massive superstar, you know, basically saying that he finds it weird to hear me talking about him or us talking about him. And then uh, he's got a lot of respect because of keep it real. That is the number one thing about me, keeping it real authenticity. I don't, I don't like to lie. I'm not good at lying. I used to be good at lying when I was a teenager in my 20s. Now pe people could will see right through me if I lie. So, you know, that's why a lot of my stories are always consistent. Like I've, I've been doing this now, what, 23 years? And um, some stories that I told 20 years ago are word for, almost word for word the exact same story because 
the story was always legit the first time I said it. You know, little people, you know, they get busted. They get busted. You have no idea. I mean, there's such little things that you say to yourself, why even lie about something like that? But it, for me, it's just it's not my thing. But um, all right, man, I'm going to get out of here. And uh, let's see, Benjamin, why do I have a complex about people thinking I'm lying? Benjamin, honestly, I'll say this quickly and I'm going to go. Because the level of lying, there's one thing about me. You lie to me and it's something innocent or it's no big deal. You know, it's not a big deal to me. But when you really, really lie deeply about something, and especially if you lied about it for years and you're caught, that's something I don't forgive and forget. I may smile to people's faces, but... As far as me personally, they're dead in my eyes. And the thing is, is that there are so many people online. And that's why when I say about social media being a drug for a lot of people, those likes, it's amazing to see people criticize others about the shit that they do themselves and they don't even realize they're doing it. It's amazing where you have people online especially recently with the suicide of Hannah Kimura and, you know, the rumored suicide of another person I talked about in the past that for some reason gets no press, maybe because he doesn't, he didn't have a nice hot set of tits. But um, it's amazing how, you know, sui- some suicides are more important than others, especially in wrestling. But um, you have people saying that we got to be better. We got to be better to each other. And then you see some other people fail and they're like having a parade over it. You know, that that's disturbing. And a lot of the people, look, look at that actor that just got busted, alleged sexual abuse. He was one of the most outspoken people out there, and now he's being accused of this, the things he was... Uh, so there are so many people that I've come across that are phonies, fakes, and frauds. And the thing that's most frustrating to me is that misery loves company, and there are people out in the social media world that everything about them is a lie. But because it's acceptable and because there is a rea- response to it, other people would rather go along with it and do the same thing instead of distancing themselves from those people. Me, I don't ever want to be put in that category. So for years and years and years, when I tell a story, if I have a way to prove it, I'll show you. And there's been so many times that I've told stories over the years, and now with video, I'm finally able to prove and show you a lot of it. So, you know, that's, even, that's why, like I say, I got things on my hard drive that are 20-some-odd years old. Even that, that gentleman that died from, um, what was it, Scoop This? I used to always talk about how he sent me all his stuff from Scoop This, and then he fucking died two weeks ago. And I went in my hard drive, I took a screenshot to show everyone, like, look, here's my hard drive. So me, I don't ever want to be labeled as a fake or a fraud or a phony because there are people out there that just that have just totally traded in, you know, their life for this fictitious bullshit. And I don't ever want to be in that category. So I have this, it's a good thing about me, but it's also a bad thing about me. I always feel like I have to prove that whatever I tell you that it is legit because there's so much lo- so much lying out there, you know. 
I just that's just the way I am, and it sucks. So, but uh, you know, don't get me wrong. It's fun, you know, to watch other people, you know, especially people who are, who claim to be thick skinned and then get totally triggered over you know one fuck. Um, but me, I just choose to stay away from it. I like to go to sleep at night. You know, the one thing I I used to hate. This goes back like 13, 14 years. Minority Report days. You know what it was like to do a show with the Minority Report? Edit, put everything online, start falling asleep at 3 o'clock in the morning, and then you get, you know, like alerts or your phone goes off. Dude, there's all this fucking fake posting being done online about you right now. Or there's all this shit. And then at 3, 4 o'clock in the morning, you're deleting this, banning this, doing this, doing that. Or you got this person writes something. I I'm, I stay away from that. That's why usually if I have wars with people online, I tell other people out there, don't worry about me, I'm good. The Sami Zayn thing is a perfect example. When his followers went balls out to fuck with me and write some of the most derogatory shit about me, I just took it and I thought about it, I made a little apology, and I handled it, and I moved on from it. Nobody came to my defense. Nobody came to speak up for me. No, I didn't want that. I handled it myself. And, you know, I have to be prepared that if I'm going to give it, I better be able to take it too. So that's just the way it is. My R report was crazy, man. So, but uh, all right, everybody, I'm starting to ramble. Went two hours and 35 minutes. I really made such a concerted effort to be done within two. So the video's online. I don't have to wait a half an hour, 45 minutes. And So I'm out of here, everyone. Post your feedback. Hit the like button on your way out. And uh, I'll catch you all again Friday for the Don Tony Show. And uh, that's pretty much it. Where is my fucking intro? Where is? Oh, here it is. All right, everybody. I'm out of here. Catch you all again Friday. Much love as always. Peace out. Son, oh my. It was fun to channel surf. It was kind of hard to do a little pocket pool after you hitting the last channel button 50 times for two hours plus. Son, oh my. And his whole idea of overanalyzing. Oh, he's an alcohol. Now you can hear me. All right, you know, only because it would be totally unfair. Anthony Diaz with this ridiculously... Crazy fuck Mary Kill. I I I will always acknowledge the super check. Ask me anything. But don't always expect the answer you want to get. Sal from Arizona, Miss Destiny, Joey924, fuck Mary Kill. I would kill Joey and Joey Nine. You know what? I would kill Sal from Arizona. Could not deal with his voice. I would marry Joey924, hoping that he got some type of an insurance settlement for the shit that happened to him a long time ago, and I would just use him for his money. And you know what, Miss Destiny, actually, Lisa is married right now, and she's doing really, really well. So, you know, it would be very disrespectful for me to want to do something intimate with with Miss Destiny, Lisa, because she is married right now. But um, who who's dad? Miss Destiny, Lisa, is in this chat room a lot during my shows. She is in here on Fridays a lot. So believe it or not, if you tune in Friday early, you'd a good chance she will be in this chat room. 
Uh, I don't, her name is Lisa. I don't remember the last name, but she is in this chat room. Yeah, she was in the chat room last Friday. She's married, doing very well. And I, I'm happy for her. I'm happy for her. So, but there you go. So now, now I could officially leave for the night. So everyone, much love as always. And uh, tune in Friday. We'll have a lot of fun. It's going to be a smorgasbord of all different things to get into. So I can't wait till next week. I want to go away so bad. You have no idea. I'm tasting right now. I will just, I got to get out of New York for a little bit. So much love, everybody. Catch you all again Friday. Ciao. Holic, and he misplaced the belt. And how could you have someone champion like that? The fuck out of here. Wednesday night. Dono, Mike. You can have fun. You really are. <laughs> New to Medicare? Go to MyHealthPolicy.com. With MyHealthPolicy.com, you can compare plans from some of the nation's top insurers. Start now to find a plan and apply online. MyHealthPolicy.com makes it easy to find a Medicare Advantage plan in your area, including plans for $0 a month in plan premiums, low out-of-pocket costs, and expansive provider networks. My decision, My Medicare. MyHealthPolicy.com